Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. syndication and on all the apps worldwide you are listening to night dreams talk radio network BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete. And in a, an instant, your world flips. And your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org.
What can suddenly burn a person to a pile of powder, yet allow nearby combustibles, even clothing, to escape damage? Spontaneous human combustion can, an enigma so bizarre and frightening, spontaneous human combustion remains hotly denied by mainstream fire science and modern medicine. In his groundbreaking book, Ablaze, The Mysterious Fires of Spontaneous Human Combustion, Larry E. Arnold explores the high strangeness of this fascinating mystery and challenges with meticulous research the popular consensus that spontaneous human combustion is crack pottery and myth to be debunked. Read Ablaze, The Mysterious Fires of Spontaneous Human Combustion by Larry E. Arnold. Available now on Amazon. Is your mind really a time machine? Can you change your past, erasing your past mistakes? Can you visit parallel future realities, drawing your goals to you like magic? At Harvard University, brain imaging techniques prove the human brain is a time machine. Astrophysicist Michio Kaku says thinking is really time traveling. A book called Mind, Time and Power by Anthony Hamilton is loaded with amazing new insights and jam-packed with thought exercises to build your brain like an athlete builds his biceps. It's the new psychology for the 21st century. Get and read Mind, Time, and Power by Anthony Hamilton. Available on Amazon or at mindtimeandpower.com. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Night Dreams brings on the night worldwide. Did you know you can find us on your favorite app? And now you can watch us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and give us a thumbs up. And now, here's Gary. And here I am. Well, I hope everybody's having a great one. Well, James, how are you doing? And whereas I write that the stores are starting to thin out on food. You, oh, you are correct. Not only are they thinning out, but what is there is going up. And not only that, the gas prices, too. Oh, my goodness. It, Tuesday, it went from 329 at 8 in the morning till 359 by noon. And today it's up to 3, I think, 79. Well, how about groceries? What's going on oh, in yes. your area? That's what I was talking about. Milk. Oh, yes. Milk is almost $3. Yeah, all of uh, hamburger, all of it. You you talked about the food, how it was would go up in prices. And all of it is, and even the water, which I found peculiar because, you know, I always stock up on water. We always talk about that. But, yes, uh, food has really gone up, and you, you nailed it. Uh, you got it right. Are you noticing the shells kind of thinning out? Oh, big time. Uh, the shelves are really uh, thin. Not only are they thin, but the, it's like they're not restocking them, and the stores are over are crowded. It's I've never seen nothing like it for, I don't think, ever, Gary. Honestly, yeah, the, the shelves are empty. Seriously. Well, you know, next week or so, they're going to raise the interest rates. And I've mentioned that to people on the show. What's going to happen if you have credit card debt, 
your payments are going to go up noticeably. And this is going to happen four or five times during the year. They're going to raise the interest rate. Then the credit card companies are going to charge you more on your payments. And the cost of goods are going to start going up here in the next couple of weeks because a lot of things going on in the world right now. Then with runaway inflation and all this stuff, it, it's getting crazy. So I, I went and I kind of like ordered a couple 34-inch monitors today because I figured I'm going to do it before they go up in price because I got a funny feeling that about a week or two, they're going to go way up in price. So, I mean, now is the time to buy anything because I think it's going to go up, and I could be totally wrong. No, I, I don't think you are. I think you're also going to be right about the potential hyper um, inflation or at least inflation on the rise, too, that you talked about, because I can see it. Uh, the price is all around from food to gas, and then there's it's not like it's an abundance either. So it, it's got you on both ends. There's not much of it, and what there is, it, the prices have went up, and then it, you've got to spend more to get what you, what you want. So it's an all-around uh, bad scenario, and I'm sure it's probably is bad or worse in your area. Well, Colgate today announced that they're going to raise their basic price on toothpaste to $10 and something a tube. That, wow. Yeah, that's what I said. Wow. That just kind of like blew me over. $10 for toothpaste. Gee, you can't that's recycle what- that and use it the second time. I can tell you that. No, that that is that is something you definitely can't put back in the tube. That, uh, that price, wow, that is that that's amazing. I I wonder how many people is going to have uh, teeth falling out in the future because they just can't afford can't afford it. It's going to come down to what ten ten dollars for toothpaste or some food or water. I don't know. Well, guess what? The moon. They figure by Friday is going to get hit with three tons of mystery space junk from an unknown well place. So they don't know where it originated from, but it's going to get hit. Also, they found in uh, on Mars, under three feet of the canyon, the Grand Canyon and Mars, they found water. Oh, yeah, it's always been said there's water there on Mars underneath the surface or there, but you know what? Truth be told, I bet there's a lot of water, and there you go, a hole underneath the canyon there. I just knew it. I had a feeling, Gary, had a feeling. Well, next week, there's another asteroid heading towards Earth. This one's only 4,000 feet wide, and it's coming towards us. So I don't know. One of these days, it's like playing craps. It it is. It's like playing that or roulette or something. It's the ones coming in behind the sun that always seem to, like, hey, we don't know they're coming until they're here. But my question to you, Gary, do we even have a way to even stop them or deflect them? Well, eventually we will. But, you know, who knows? Anyway, we got a great show. We're going to have one commercial. We're going to come back with a very special guest tonight and a guest that I've been, well, been hoping to have on the show for the past five years. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Meet the totally ninja raccoons. Three raccoons who become ninjas because they already have the masks. The Totally Ninja Raccoons books are short adventures with quick chapters, specially structured to encourage reluctant readers. Each book has the Totally Ninja Raccoons encountering a cryptid. The monsters are presented in a fun, not-so-scary way. (laughs) 
I said not so scary. <sighs> Readers are encouraged to do their own research and make up their own minds about the possible existence of Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, aliens, and more. The Totally Ninja Raccoons are available on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. You can buy autographed copies direct from the author at KevinCoolidge.org. That's KevinCoolidge.org for the Totally Ninja Raccoons. Hi, this is Val Von Torn of Metatron Power and Light. You're listening to Gary Anderson and Night Dreams Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Val. And check out Metatron Power and Light. Well, James, who's our guest tonight? Well, our very special guest tonight is Mr. Major Ed Dames. Now, Ed is the world's foremost remote viewing teacher. Ed is a decorated intelligence officer and he currently serves as the executive director for the Matrix Intelligence Agency, which is a consulting group. Now, Ed also is an author and a movie consultant. Well, Ed, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing super. Uh, and you, my friend? I'm surviving. And any day I can find my pants in the morning, I know I'm not losing it. I think you're about my age, so I know the feeling well. Yeah, you know, and at the age, you know, like I mentioned the other day, you start out naked when you're born, and then you start growing hair, and then you start getting teeth. And now I'm at the age where, you know, I'm losing the hair, losing the teeth, and I'm almost back to the age of diapers. Yeah, yeah. we, we, we come into this world alone, and we exit alone. I got to ask you a question. When you were growing up, were you interested in, well, the paranormal, UFOs, uh, you know, uh, psychics, mediums, or anything like that? Not in the least, Gary. I, I was about as psychic as a rock until I, you know, went through the prototype remote viewing training. Now, you were in the military. What were you doing in the military before you ended up in remote viewing? Well, I enlisted when I was 17, Airborne Infantry, in 1967. And then uh, my, I... I just before uh, the Tet Offensive in 1968, I lost most of my infantry buddies there. Then I, I switched over to the Army Security Agency, uh, still as an enlisted man, and monitored uh, uh, Chinese Communist uh, communications from Taiwan. Then I got out and uh, went to UC Berserkley, majored in biophysics and Chinese Mandarin, but civilian life was so boring for me that I, I got commissioned and went back in uh, in 1978. And when you went back in, what were you doing at that point? I was at the uh, uh, at that point, I was the uh, assistant S2 of the 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment during the Cold War in Germany. And I was also the regiment's first electronic warfare officer. Very interesting. As a electronic uh, warfare officer, what was your duties? Uh, it was twofold. One was to jam uh, Russian and East German communications uh, if we had to. And the second was to uh, monitor and intercept and record check, uh, check East German and Russian communications, ta tactical communications. Later on uh, in my career, I, I switched to strategic uh, signals intelligence and other very secret stuff. Well, how did you get recruited into remote viewing unit? 
Well, I was working uh, in about uh, circa 1979. Uh, uh, I, I was assigned, I was selected to go to a very small uh, department in the Army unit. We were like the skunk works of the intelligence community. We were really uh, guys that, that were not only out of the box thinkers, but we didn't have any boxes. So we were able to run rings around the rest of, of operational intelligence in terms of defining the, the, the correct targets and how, how to uh, plan operations against them and then to uh, create the, the devices and the things that we needed to execute the mission and then go for it. So we were quite secret, but uh, I, I had every everything at my disposal. It was a, a dream assignment, anything that an intelligence officer needed. Uh, I was being groomed as a biological war, warfare uh, a, a case officer, a spy master, and I was being targeted against very exotic uh, physics types of targets that the Russians were developing. I had Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Agents on the ground. I had satellites. I had uh, things that I still can't talk about available to me. But by hook or by crook, I could not, and my colleagues could not penetrate certain Russian programs, that erstwhile Soviet programs, uh, some of the nuclear weapons programs, uh, especially biological and chemical warfare programs. We just we had all the tools that we we could muster, but we still couldn't penetrate that. But I became aware of a nascent Army CIA unit. Well, actually, the the Army the CIA had dropped it for political reasons, and the Army picked it up of uh, uh, this remote viewing program, Psychic Spies, and they were providing me with information I could get nowhere else, and they were it was a foot in the door for me, so I could cross queue other systems of mine. For instance, I could redirect, if I suspected a biological warfare laboratory in, let's say, uh, uh, a city south of Moscow, I could redirect the satellite and redirect my agents on the ground to take a look at that particular building and see if, and see if I was dead on target. And in, in almost all these cases, I was. And I said, that's it. This is, the, this is an intelligence, a spy master's dream. So I stepped down from the celestial levels of intel. Later on, I went on to the Office of Secretary of Defense. Uh, but I stepped down from where I was to take over when the Army transferred the psychic spy unit to the Defense Intelligence Agency. I took over as operations and training officer after I and five of my uh, other intel officers were trained in uh, remote viewing by Ingo Swan. Oh, wow. Now, when you first got into it, remote viewing, how did you take it when you first found out about it? Did you think it was like kind of strange at that point? 
Or did you? I was in shock. I, I thought you got to be kidding. But I always suspected that there was a part of us, there many parts of us that we weren't using, and that, that in terms of human potential, I had no problem with with uh, with accepting the fact that humans could do this. But the idea that I myself could ever be able to do that, I just couldn't fathom anything like that until uh, Ingo Swan. Uh, taught me this, these skills and methods, and then uh, it changed my life. Well, can, you, you can never look at the world again in the same way, knowing that you can do know anything. There's no secrets. That, in a way, wouldn't that be scary? Um, it, it's scary if you look at certain things. It is. Certain things that you probably should have never looked at as a remote viewer. Then it can become scary. But if you deal with day-to-day things, uh, uh, FBI fugitives, uh, missing children, uh, those kinds of things, then it's fine. Interesting. Now, can you explain to the listeners who maybe don't know what re- remote viewing is, can you give us a, you know, like a couple-minute rundown of what actually remote uh, viewing is and what's involved with it? Of course. So I think that many of your listeners uh, would would agree with me that what, what all of us are born with this innate ability to be psychic, uh, ESP and those kinds of things like that. But we have flashes. It's never trained. It's never turned into a skill. So it would be like uh, we have the potential to learn a language, for instance. But unless you're introduced to a structured format, German or English or Chinese, you'll, you'll never be able to communicate in those particular languages. What, what, what was discovered in the laboratory at, at erstwhile Stanford Research Institute was by Ingo Swan was a, a syntax and grammar, so to speak, of accurately communicating from the unconscious or the superconscious, if you will, to conscious awareness using very, very structured protocols. Think of sheet music, where you follow that music exactly in order to play the piece, the piano piece, for instance, that you're playing. If you stop, and, and there's, but in our process itself, there's no thinking allowed. You are not allowed to think, which is a very frustrating uh, aspect for a new remote viewer in the learning process. But if you stop and think about the note that you just played, harking back to the the piano uh, uh, analog analogy, then the music stops. So we're not allowed to think we have to play the sheet music or we have the structured format that we have against any target, whether it's a a suspected nuclear weapons assembly plant, whether it's somebody's lost dog. It's all the same. We we use the same protocols. The outcome, of course, is quite different. Uh, But it's a three-part process. The first part of the process is setting up the problem. Uh, 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 most of the time we're solving problems in training we're doing less than that we're just the training is just describing locations and things and, and persons and events but as a professional we have to solve scientific problems and and, and, and criminal problems military problems those kinds of things so setting the problem up exactly what do you want that is that that, that, that it takes a while to to teach that um, how to introduce, because everything in the matrix, what we call, the, what Ingo Swan called the father of remote viewing, called the, the, the font from whence all form arises, and the word form needs to be approached from a philosophical standpoint is more than what you think it is. This, this matrix is a nexus of consciousness, and, and everything, 
everything in the universe exists as a pattern of information in this matrix, in this nexus of consciousness, uh, too. There, are no, there aren't any words or colors or numbers in the matrix, too. Those, are, those, are, are, those kinds of things, depending on how you were created and, and, and where, pop out from consciousness into your local vernacular or your local learning ability. So, for instance, if you've never seen the color red before and your training target was, let's say, a performance of the Bolshoi Ballet, if they're still around, and, and, the, and the curtain is red and you've never seen red before, then you'd have to use something like yellow or pink or chartreuse uh, because you don't have in your memory, in your thesaurus, in your lexicon, the, the pattern memory of red. It's not there. So a lot of... Reintroducing the Iced Apple Crisp Oat Milk Macchiato from Starbucks. Now with Starbucks Blonde Espresso and Oat Milk, layered with flavors of apple, cinnamon, and brown sugar, and topped with a spiced apple drizzle. Welcome back, fall. Order today with the Starbucks app. Our access checking and access loan give you, well, access to the banking, lending, and saving solutions that are right for you and your family. Anywhere, anytime. Armed Forces Bank. This is who we are. Subject to credit approval, member FDIC. One of the things that we deal uh, with are, are, are total unknowns and beyond our can. I can get into that later. And uh, so the second part of remote viewing is actually conducting the remote viewing session. About 45 minutes of work with a pen and white bond paper. And your eyes are open uh, and there's no thinking allowed. And off you go and, and, and download in, very, in a very, very systematic way. Uh, and we systematize our natural psychic ability. So you, we download that procedure vis-a-vis our target, a person, place, thing, or event, and then we analyze the information. And, and there you put your thinking cap on, and you are allowed to think because that's what analysis is. So it's sort of a tachistoscopic left-brain, right-brain process where we grab a pattern of information associated with our target in a right brain modality, write it down on the paper or draw it, then we come back and grab and, and again and grab another piece in a, in a in a right brain process, the left brain write it down and we keep on moving. The music doesn't uh, doesn't stop. But it uh, it's not uh, it, it doesn't take long to learn the basics at all. But in order to to, to master it, it does take a, a year or two, sometimes longer. Interesting. Now, when you were remote viewing, for example, maybe a, another, you know, let's say Russia at one point or China or something, have you ever, well, had a contact in your mind of a remote viewing, like another remote viewer in another country? Well, it's interesting you, you, you ask. I won't go into the, uh, the background because that would take too much time, but I... Uh, I while I was in the remote viewing unit as the operator. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Operations officer, I found out that the Russians, the, uh, the KGB, the erstwhile KGB, had an extrasense team. E-K-X-T-R-A-S-E-N-S. Extrasense. Uh, that that was the, that's the Russian word for our ability, the psychic ability. I, I discovered that they had one, and uh, I turned the units, I turned my team's attention on to them. So we were aware, we were aware of each other. In in my biography, autobiography, I describe there's a chapter described uh, war in the ether, and I talk about this. So the Russian team knew about us and didn't tell their commander or their unit would it. it would have been shut down because they were compromised and we didn't tell our commander that the Russians knew about us for the same reason and after the Cold War was over I met my KGB uh, erstwhile KGB counterparts I went to uh, St. Petersburg, Russia to help the Russians out with a uh, check and terrorist problem, I helped them track down and neutralize uh, a Russian terrorist that was planning on blowing up uh, the, horse, uh, the, uh, the airport in St. Petersburg so I helped them there and I got to meet the guys the original guys asked me way back in 1991 when I retired from the military if I could help them because I had set up a company, a civilian company. We do work with Fortune 500 companies. They wanted me to help them set up a company as well. So I would help them uh, do that in, in Russia. But, yeah, we did meet in the ether. Interesting. That, yeah. What was it like to, you know, your remote viewing and all of a sudden so you feel somebody's remote viewing you? I mean, what type of feeling was that? Well, it's very rare unless you're unless you're a professional and looking at a, at a target that is re, is is doing that, engaged in the process itself. You're not going to know anything. If I were to remote view you during your waking hours, where you're in, let's say a beta state, even an alpha state, you wouldn't know what I'm doing because I'm generally on remote view in the past. If you've committed a murder or something like that, I, I'm looking at the event and I follow you to the current time now. But you wouldn't know it. However. If you were asleep and, and, and your brain was in the delta uh, state then uh, and you were very quiet, then you might pick me up uh, uh, looking at you, remote viewing you, but only in the sense that I would disturb your dreamscape. That's all. Interesting. What type of things, uh, Ed, can you remote view? I mean, can you remote view the sun or can you remote view, you know, God or anything like this is it uh, is it capable or are people capable to remote view that type of thing? If you're remote viewing a, a, a topic, we call that a, a, a topical search, and uh, topics would be things like uh, Lemuria, Mu, Atlantis, the Greys, the Reptilians, God, Hell, uh, Satan. And uh, those are topics where we have to research the topic. It usually takes us about six remote viewing session probes, at least an hour each, uh, to see if, the, if there's any substance at all to the topic. But most of our targets are discrete, absolutely discrete people, places, things, and events. Uh, I'm uh, helping the FBI on, on their most wanted now uh, uh, Jason Derrick Brown. I know. I know. I can follow him hour to hour where he sleeps, day to day. These kinds of, of, of things. So those are discrete uh, targets. Uh, I'll be on the road uh, uh, next week on two uh, murdered children cases. I have to find their remains 
So uh, where are they located right now? Well, the remains don't move. If I'm dealing with a moving target, that's a much more difficult uh, a problem set. So I'll, I'll pick I'll, I'll remove you during the, tar the, the suspected target's location. If it, let's say it's Atlanta, Georgia, a, a child murderer. I'll remove you during the, the hours in Atlanta of 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. where I suspect or anticipate that the target will probably be sleeping and I'll home in on the target's uh, bed or if they're a vagrant where they are on the street, those kinds of things. Does it ever get you to the point of you're depressed? Because, I mean, you know, to go through and remote view remains of a child, for example. Oh, yes, extremely depressing. I cry. I cry, and then I go back to work. Yeah. Well, Ed, we need to take a break. We'll be back in two minutes. i got a lot of questions. We're going to find out a lot about remote viewing. So stay tuned. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio. He's one of paleontology's top fossil restorers. He's Joe Taylor, and his unique expertise has been used on many world-class fossils, including the world's largest molds of fossils still in the ground, such as the three complete mammoth skeletons at the Waco Sudden Death Mammoth Site in Waco, Texas. Forty years working in every area of fossils has opened the door to the strange mystery of giant men and the biblical Nephilim, which has opened the door to Bigfoot, UFOs, Mothman, and much more. Joe Taylor's book, Giants Against Evolution, chronicles all of these. You can order Joe's books at www.mtblanco.com or call 806-675-7777. That's 806-675-7777. Joe Taylor's incredible museum is currently adding new and amazing displays. Find out more at www.mtblanco.com. Now, on Fridays, you can call in and talk to Gary and his guest. Gary will open the call lines at 8 p.m. Pacific time each Friday. To call into the show south of the Rockies, the number is 1-253-203-6681. That's 1-253-203-6681. East of the Rockies, the number to call in is 1-253-203-6777. That's 1-253-203-6777. Remember how great paranormal talk radio was in the 80s and 90s? Night Dreams Talk Radio brings back to you talk radio like you remember. With your host, Gary Anderson. Broadcasting to you live from his secret compound deep in the great Northwest. Now... Here's Gary. And here I am. Well, Ed, okay, so you're in a room. You you got paper in front of you, a pen or a pencil. And again, explain, again, you have your mind clear. So how do these thoughts go onto the paper? Okay, so uh, we assign each of our targets. So let's say uh, I'm looking for Jason Derrick Brown. He's number one on the FBI's most wanted list, okay? So uh, the, the specific idea that I have, and I write this down, Jason Derrick Brown uh, with a slash bar or a hypostrophe, a possessive S, uh, 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 
the present location, the present location. And I assign a set of administrative numbers, random numbers, to that particular search term, that particular queue is what it's called. And then I go from there. I write down those numbers and I produce a uh, what we call an ideogram in stage one. It's just a squiggle on a piece of paper, but it's much, much more than that. And that's sort of a zip file for the answer to my question. Uh, in fact, it's a zip file for not only for the essential elements of information about the, the target and its location. It's all contained in that zip file. The rest of my reopening session, the next 45 minutes to an hour, it takes to unzip the zip files using a, a pretty good analogy into files. So I, I break it out into files in, in a very special way. And then I read each one of those files and and I, uh, and write down what the files are telling me very succinctly. And then at the, uh, towards the end of the remote viewing session, we're, out, we're up to about an hour now, I put all those files together in a mosaic form. Both the words and the sketches that I have, the drawings, I put those together in a mosaic. And in that mosaic is in, in a diagrammatic Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Form is the location of Jason Derrick Brown and the description for all of the, the key aspects about the location itself. Uh, uh, specific things. Chairs, people, cigarettes, blah, blah, blah. Then I use that that as a jump off point and go into very detailed drawings and, and the locational data, the nearest recognizable features, those kinds of things. And then I can jump off and use specialized skills to pinpoint uh, on overhead photography or even on street view uh, the, uh, where, the, where he is right now. Now, if it's a complex, a more complex target like a UFO or something like that, a Bigfoot, then we're looking at a two week project. Interesting. Now, do you feel Bigfoot? Do they exist? Have you remote viewed a Bigfoot? Yeah, there are two things uh, over over the last forty years, and I'll be talking about them in great depth uh, on Saturday. I have a Zoom event at uh, MajorDamesNews.com, and the Zoom event is called uh, the Ultra Terrestrial Agenda because we're in the, for for a, a good reason. That that's a five hour discuss, uh, presentation. At, over the years, we've looked at every, every all of the key uh, so-called UFO, ET, and Nyingma events, all of them. I don't care which one. We've looked at them all. And uh, only Jacques Vallée and I have come to the – I've taken Jacques to the field uh, with me before. I can go into that uh, later. 
Jacques and I have come to, to the same conclusion, but I've gone much further because he stopped and I continued my work using remote viewing against this particular, uh, to penetrate this particular enigma. But after, since all of the uh, events were nonsensical in nature, yes, Travis Walton, for instance, described what happened to him and as best he could. But when you're remote viewing the actual event itself, the, the there were no grays in that particular structure uh, uh, that lifted him up. There were these wraith-like beings that projected the idea of grays in, uh, into us. Said Betty and Barney Hill, similar situation. Uh, they didn't go on, on any trip. It was a mind trip. There were two glowing white spheres outside of the vehicle, their car, and they were in a catatonic state. And they were being implanted, but not with a physical thing, uh, with ideas. Gene Roddenberry, the same way. On and on, but it, it, but all the events were, were disparate. They made no sense. They were insane. The Jacques Vallée and I realized what was, what's going on here. There's a system out there that's presenting itself purposely as nonsense, as as conundrums. Uh, Project Blue Book, all the ten working hypotheses fail to determine the uh, the nature of what they were dealing with. So they just threw that away. Oh, so make a long story short, what's required is a high, higher consciousness tools to get behind. And it's a consciousness environment. People now know, and I'm sure you've had guests on your show that realize now we're dealing with something that's that's uh, that's very, very much uh, akin to a, to a, uh, a psychic environment versus a material environment. And that's very true. I can go and I'll go into depth on Saturday about that. But, but I, I said, you know, we got to, we're never going to be able to penetrate this, even with remote viewing skills, unless with our small unit. And this reminded me of special units I was with in the military top secret units. We've got to, we can't go up against a whole national line of UFO ET events. We've got to punch through the lines at specific points so the lines will break. And so I chose only two targets in the end. I started about 10 years ago. Uh, I chose actually 15 years ago, I chose only two Enigma targets, only two, and with a full court press with all of my team and myself on those two targets. One is Sasquatch, and the other is that event that happened in, at the REL school in 1994 uh, outside of Harare, Zimbabwe. Only those two events uh, did I choose to attack rather than try to attack against a broad spectrum of uh, of events, so uh, only those two. So the uh, the Bigfoot Sasquatch is real, but the uh, why it can disappear at the drop of a hat and all these kind of things. When we use technical remote viewing to look at how Bigfoots appear, at first I thought they were avatars. Uh, appear there's a, there's a there's a technology that we can't even get close to. It's like a big capacitor bank in the sky, and it downloads the, uh, the these big feet, and the big feet are are psychic. They're telepathic. They know everything you think. They know everything you're doing, and then when they decide to leave, they bounce back up through this capacitor bank. I can't think of any other words for it. And that's why many times a big a bigfoot, the Sasquatch, is associated. Yeah, with UFOs in the, in the general vicinity, because there's a technology that's bouncing them up and down. And uh, when can they it, stop, it, they're in, in a in, uh, they're in a machine that's 
they're, they're near a machine that's in a very cold place. We don't know where that is, whether it's in a different time on, on Earth or on another planet. We just don't know. So my, what I've done is look at where, where the, the system, does the system want contact at all? And it, it, it turns out that it does, but only on their terms. So we use remote viewing to look at what the system out there, what, what are their terms for contact? And it turns out if you can use this to discern where they want you, they'll meet. So that's what I've done on, on the part of the Bigfoot and the orchestrators behind the REL school event. They, uh, uh, the first time we did that was in the military. We used remote viewing to look at a meeting point. And that happened to be uh, Chaco Canyon, uh, New Mexico. So after a series of recons, uh, then the Crown Prince of Liechtenstein paid for a scientific team, and I got to choose the best of the best, Hal Putoff, uh, folks from the Stanford Linear Accelerator, the Skunk Works. We were out there trying it. We, all we got was CE2. So we had to use remote viewing to find out why there was only a flyby and not a formal uh, meeting. And so in, in May, uh, after all those years, we'll have a formal meeting. Interesting. That's a, mouth, that's a mouthful. It is. And one thing I want to say, too, I've had Michio Kaku on the show. And, you know, he says we're very close to cracking the next dimension. And if we do crack it, then things like portals, parallel universes would exist. Now, could these the, these creatures like uh, ETs or Bigfoot, could they be coming from another dimension a parallel universe or anything like that? Have you remote viewed that? Well, the orchestrators of all these things, for instance, the, the Tic Tacs, and I work with the Navy folks on the, the Tic Tacs are emanating or being projected from uh, uh, the Pukau Seamount, which is about, about 150 miles to the east, uh, to the, to the uh, west of Easter Island. They're inside the seamount, in some cases below the seamount. And all the Tic Tacs, as Navy says, they're transmedium. They can fly, I use that term loosely, through air and water, but they also go right through the rock. And when they go through that rock, they become solid objects instead of these plasma-like things. I don't, we don't, in our business, we don't use the term vehicles, mothership, ship, those kinds of things for lots of good reasons. Uh, but that's where, uh, where they're going now. They appear to be uh, sort of invisible. They're, they're, they're wraith-like uh, entities. They're real entities. And, and I, th- I thought a long time ago that they were uh, ultra-dimensional. But they, they're not of other dimensions, although they may be able to parse back and forth between them. But generally speaking, there's, they're quasi-visible in the ultraviolet. And uh, they're the ones that are extremely intelligent. They've been here on Earth for a long, long time, extremely intelligent. And they're the ones that are behind all these UFO abductions, the Tic Tacs. They're leading us on. They're baiting us, you know, forcing us, fostering the development of higher consciousness tools that will allow the curtain to be pulled back on the wizard. Once we do that, and, and that's that, project, that process has been done, so in, in, in May, we go to have a formal meeting. And after that, if that's successful, our relationship as humans, as mankind, to the system that's out changes forever. What will happen? I do not know. Yeah. Could these be holograms? Could they be uh, – could, could life – have you ever remote viewed our life? Could we be a program running on some type of computer system? 
I don't know. I've never looked at anything like that. I'm a, a very spiritual man, and I, uh, I, uh, I think that we've lost all. We, we can't. Our world is so mechanistic now, and uh, that we've lost all sense of spirituality as as a race, and uh, that will change some someday. But that that's a very bad thing to lose, where everybody is just you know uh, we we not only do we we surround ourselves with mechanisms, we start to view ourselves as perhaps a mechanism as well, and I won't get into the, all the philosophical aspects of that. Have you remote viewed what's going on right now? I don't want to really touch too much in it because I don't like getting political. But what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine? Have you done any remote viewing on that? No, I haven't because I was too. Cl- I'm too close to the problem. I lived in uh, in Lugansk, uh, for- formerly Borodziligrad, in Ukraine for 14 years, and my house was destroyed at the beginning of the war eight years. The the, the war eight years ago. The separatists, the Russian-speaking separatists, the uh, uh, the Ukrainian government calls them terrorists. Of course, one man's terrorist, another man's freedom fighter. My house was destroyed. My neighbors. I have photos of all my dead neighbors in the street. I moved my fiance and her family to St. Petersburg, Russia, to get out of that because I knew it was coming. And uh, it's I, the my, my friends there, former Russian soldiers, asked me to join them because I was, you know, a young man, airborne infantry. I was the second, uh, the assistant S two, the second armored cavalry regiment. So I understand both infantry and armor tactics. I would have been a great value to them, but I had to say no because I had friends in other parts of Ukraine um, that I, I couldn't be fighting against their brothers and uncles and fathers. I just couldn't do that. So uh, it's it's a mess. But 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 the U- Ukraine on. Pushed by the U.S. State Department and the CIA, State Department and the CIA are the same thing. They're, they're synonymous. Pushed uh, too far, and when Zelensky said he was pondering uh, uh, the, 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 uh, installing uh, nuclear weapons on Ukraine, that did it and pushed too far. So uh, Putin uh, he, he invaded. So what's going to happen? is that the, the territories that he's amassing right now, uh, I, I could go into lots of different specifics, in, in Kherson, Mariupol, and all of the Donbass, Lugansk, and uh, Donetsk, he'll keep that. He'll keep, they already kept Crimea. He'll keep all of eastern Ukraine from, uh, and he'll back out eventually uh, from uh, Kiev after a, a government that's installed that isn't thinking about becoming a Western puppet uh, a NATO puppet or something like that. When he's sure that it happens, he'll back away, keep his acquired territories. The rest of the West. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Living your best life just got a little easier with Forward. Forward is preventative care without the hassle or the co-pays. They offer genetic testing, biometric monitoring, and personalized insights that allow you to take a proactive approach to your long-term health using cutting-edge technology to identify and address any issues before they become a problem so you can live your longest, healthiest, best life. Join Forward for just $99 a month at GoForward.com Spotify. 
That's goforward.com slash Spotify. Western part of Ukraine will be uh, up for the pick for for pickings for the for the vultures pickings. Romania, Hungary, uh, Poland uh, will uh, will take back in Hungary will take back what they had before World War II. Uh, artificially divided uh, those people up. So only a small portion of the present-day Ukraine will be left. Well, in the news, they say Putin is power-hungry. He wants to take back Poland, Romania, and all that stuff. Do you think something like that would be on his list? Nothing. Absolutely nothing that the CIA and State Department-dominated news can be believed. There may be a couple of tidbits there, but absolutely, it's the same in any war, whether it was Vietnam, as you and I remember. It's <laughs> the same. It's all it's all crap. They, what's the word nowadays is disinformation, but the, that it's propaganda. Oh, it is. Like how many, the body count, you're going through a village, oh, and, and the body count was not humans. It was body count of chickens, I, 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 and, and weird stuff. And again, each country, you know, let's face it. Uh, you know, Nazi Germany was really good at propaganda. The people thought they were still winning the war weeks before they lost the war. And the Russians came in and the Allies all came in. It, it, it's, it's really what I feel we're being the same thing. What you see on any of these networks, the, the news media is, is all propaganda. I hate to say a lot of it is. It's complete propaganda. Now, so, I, so, I mean, the Russians actually have released... Uh, 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 yesterday, for instance, and periodically, they have released. Yesterday, they uh, they announced that 479 of their soldiers, of their soldiers, not the not the DPR, uh, the Donetsk uh, Republic, and the Lugansk Republic, not not the indigenous fighters that I lived with, not, not their their uh, casualties, but the Russian soldiers alone, uh, 479 casualties, and the West is talking about 5,000 know, casualties. One of the photos was that all the tanks that were destroyed, this rubble in the street, horrible rubble, there weren't any tanks there. They were all artillery pieces, and in some cases, they were taking uh, screenshots from video games. This I know, I, I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, that was very convincing to the average person. But I mean, you know, it didn't take long before people. Hey, this is from a video game. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for for the average everyday person that has to work and one. You know, they wonder what the heck's going on. It's the same way with UFOs and things like that. There's so many BS artists out there, and people follow them. They have no idea, and I understand that. If I had never been in the places or was not in the place that I am now, I wouldn't know what to believe either. So I sympathize with with folks. Well, you know, there's people out there in ufology. You come out with a new book every month, and uh, and people buy it, and they believe this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's getting more crazy. I've been doing this now 49 years, talk radio, and in this type of subjects. And I tell you, in the last year or two, it's gotten really crazy. Now, are you familiar with the gentleman, Stan Dale? Uh, yes, I'm familiar with him. Uh, he, he, uh, he and I, I go way back. Uh, I don't know whether he's still doing coast-to-coast shows, but uh, I was there in 1996, uh, and he was there, too. Yeah, he's been doing you know shows on our, our network. Uh, the last time I had him on, he said that, you know, that in 10 or 11 years, the sun... He claims that uh, is going to go supernova. No, the, 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 as as 
Coast to Coast listeners know uh, that there are two things way back I predicted, the global economic collapse, folks laughed at me, and uh, and something that's been come that I call the kill shot, a neologism, the kill shot. Now even the uh, astro, astro solar physicists ha, have incorporated the term the kill shot. And by that I meant that the sun's, uh, and solar cycle 25 is here, and this is the cycle that's going to happen. The sun will produce a series uh, of enormous solar flares that will take down satellites and power grids and cause infrastructure collapse in many places. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be a series. Now, the Sun has already done that since my, I, I stated that in 1996 and 7 publicly. But those those mega flares, which NASA now says would have taken Earth back to the Stone Age, and that's NASA, quote unquote, uh, not me. Those are those went off the, the flank or the, or the back of the sun. They were not Earth directed. So we missed, you know, we dodged some bullets. But that's about to end. So, but that's not uh, that's not going to take out all life on Earth. It's going to take down infrastructure. Now, uh, of course, people like the the Mennonites and the Amish won't, won't notice a thing, but you and I will. Oh yeah. Yeah, no TV, no no radio show, no nothing, no going okay. out and getting no, money from. No. Yeah, that would be, and you know what? I, it really frustrates me because the government could have been shoring up our grid system years ago. Oh man, yeah, it's not going to come back. People, people that are when the grid does go down in certain places, particularly in North America, and and in the northern hemisphere, I mean. Uh, then you're looking at two years without power because these transformers, which are made in China, by the way, the, that, that are blown out because of the, the, the huge uh, induced current, ground currents, uh, it, takes, it takes a long time for them. to. Re- they're very heavy. It takes weeks for them just to be transported across town onto, if they're available and, and, and installed. So here's the, here's the deal. When the, the next flare is Earth-directed, and it's not that far away, by the way. And again, a series of solar flares of cycle 25. In, eight, in the first eight, in, it takes eight minutes for the, 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 the charge plasma, the electrons, to, to, at the speed of light to, hit, to take down Earth's satellites, right? And, uh, but it takes about uh, 36 hours, generally speaking, depending on lots of uh, variables, it takes about 24 to 36 hours, sometimes a little longer, to take down the power grids because of the of the current induced in the Earth. And all of your listeners can research this, uh, or they can go to my Learn RV forums and see all of the research that we've done done, done on similar things.
I wonder if there's any way to prepare for a situation like that. That's what gets me, because I've had people on the show that are experts in survival. And what really scares me, the average person doesn't have enough food in their pantry or enough water. Gary, the things that we saw years ago that will result as, as, as so much of the infrastructure going down. There are words that I would never use on the air, dreadfully, dreadful swear words of, of what, what, how the viewers are describing the horror on the streets uh, uh, when, when, when the infrastructure collapses. And uh, the, 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 uh, it, it's like hell uh, on earth. So, uh, you know, we're talking about millions upon millions of people dying. And, and lime pits because there's no nobody left to dig graves, those kinds of things. Because it, it's it, it's every man for himself. In I mean, you, you can imagine if the lights go out as they did for six hours in certain cities in America, uh, they cities are on fire. Well, think about six months. Uh, I can imagine. You, you know, know, I told people at MajorDamesNews.com a couple of years ago. So if you can get out of the cities. Please get out now. Uh, but it's almost too late. Is there any safe places in this world to be uh, if we yes, got here? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I pose a problem, I better have a solution. So the solution is what we call in our business, remote viewing, sanctuaries, personal sanctuaries, where your higher mind, your non-analytical mind, your superconscious knows what's coming, although it knows. But you talk yourself out of it or it never reaches you because your mind's too busy. We have too many things in our, in our life. So we can't hear that little subtle voice that says, you know, this is what's coming. You know, get out now. Because your unconscious, your superconscious, its key role is to keep you alive so that you can meet some sort of destiny rather than a fate. And, you know, and, and uh, the quality of life is in such. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a secondary. It's it's a penultimate goal, but to keep you alive is number one. So it can, it can. Certain people are really psychic. A lot of women are very psychic, and there's no difference between men and women. It's just the circumstances make women more psychic. And they say, "Honey, we got to get out of here. Let's go. I'm taking the kids. You can come with me or not." So those people know where to go, but otherwise, folks like you and I don't. So uh, in my business, we have to use technical world viewing to look at the person's personal sanctuary. And so there's a number of them in the United States. I've had clients, uh, personal clients, all over the world. Uh, but there aren't that many uh, in, in the southern hemisphere, not that many at all, and for physics reasons that we think we understand now, but we're not sure because there's so many variables and permutations involved. But remote viewing slices right through that and says, okay, here's where you'll not only survive and be among not necessarily like-minded people, but people that won't slit your throat or rape your, your, your daughters. Those kinds of places where people have to help other people. And there's a number of different skill sets. An abscess truth will kill you. So there better be a dentist around those kind of things. And you can trade food and vegetables from your garden for, for, for your, your, your dentist using uh, field kits to take care of your tooth, that kind of thing. Very, very interesting. I got to ask you a question, too. What's the difference between remote viewing and a medium or a psychic? 
although they're kind of easy to answer. A psychic, uh, it, it naturally born psychics, if I teach a naturally born psychic technical remote viewing, they become not only pros, but really all stars. Uh, so, but the psychic, without any training, without any discipline, will, will hold, let's say we're talking, uh, 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 trying to solve a murder. So, so they're using psychometry and holding a piece of cloth from a murder victim and saying, well, I see the murderer do this and that, and then they walked up these stairs and did that, and that's all I've got. So in essence, what we know, natural psychic will lose the target 10 minutes before they said, that's all I've got. They lost the target, and they won't be able to reacquire it. Too. But we, in our skill, we, it's like a book. The book's on the shelf. If you get tired, go take a nap, come back, and open it to the page where you started. So uh, it's, it's that kind of discipline. And astral body, that's quite a different thing. We tried to train that in the unit, uh, but, but it's, it's spontaneous. It was, was not subject to training. There's some cute stories. I write about that uh, in other places. And uh, so it's it, it, out of body and altered states. Uh, we used altered states originally, uh, and I, I'll talk more about that on, on Saturday. Uh, but out, out of body and altered states are totally different from technical remote viewing. And technical mobile was developed by the CIA and the Army, the Navy originally, to, to, to gain as much technical information in this age about uh, a, 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 a technical target. The Oracle Adelphi didn't have to do that. She just had to say, well, General Horatio, the enemy is going to flank you from the south, and then they have a, a special team that's going to come up your rear and then another one to do this and that. And that's it. Well, thank you very much. But we we have to determine where's the leak in the hydrant, where's the hydrogen leak in the space shuttle, where's the air leak on, on Biosphere Two, uh, uh, those kind of things. Very interesting, Ed. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in four minutes with Ed Dames. We'll find out more about remote viewing and maybe what the future is. I don't know. So stay tuned. You're listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio. Night Dreams Talk Radio. After Dark wants to give a big shout out to all the truckers that listen to our show.
Did you know Night Dreams Talk Radio can promote your product or service? And it will be heard by one of the largest audiences in paranormal talk radio. Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com or go to our main webpage and use the contact box at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. From author Paul Wallace comes The Scars of Eden. Has humanity confused the idea of God with memories of E.T. contact? Do our world mythologies convey our ancestors' ideas about God, or are they in reality memories of extraterrestrial contact? How do ancient stories of contact, adaption, and abduction relate to people's experiences today? The Scars of Eden will take you around the world to hear firsthand from our ancestors, contemporaries, and renowned researchers. Recent revelations from the Navy, the Pentagon, and French intelligence bring the reader right up to date. The Scars of Eden, available on Amazon. From author Paul Wallace. Are you into UFOs, the real stuff? Selected by Extraterrestrials, Volume 3, My Spoken Words, William Mills Tompkins. Volume 3 covers his amazing story, what he saw in the Battle of L.A. William was a special assistant to Admiral Rico Bada to find out all about the Nazi connection to ETs during World War II and connection to Antarctica. This is a must-read. Selected by Extraterrestrials, Volume 3. Available on Amazon in January. Edited and compiled by Dr. Bob Wood. Are you into the paranormal? Then you have found the right place. Night Dreams covers the topics you want to hear. And Gary always has a great guest to take you for a real ride in talk radio. So, buckle up and let's go for that ride with Gary. And we're going for a ride tonight. I got a full rig full of fuel. Well, Ed, we are back. Uh, again, you know, people are probably wondering what you're going to be doing on the Zoom. Why don't you explain that to the listeners here? Uh, uh, could you say that again, please? Well, you're going to have a class online coming up. Why don't you explain? Oh, no, uh, it's not a class. It's a presentation where I present uh, not all 40 years of uh, my research and the size spies research and the civilian team. Uh, research, but all but the select features that set the context for uh, the formal contact that I expect to happen this year. Uh, the site is actually uh, uh, in, uh, in uh, northern northern California. Uh, it, 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 the site involves a site that the system out there that, that these entities selected. Uh, and said, if you know where this is, you know, sort of like if you build it, uh, they will come. Well, here, if you know where we want you, we'll be. Because it takes the, these higher consciousness tools in order to understand, what, to meet them on their terms, not our terms. So in the past, I and others and scientists and, and very prominent people have studied the phenomenon and tried to chase it all over the world. But this time, uh, and, and in Chaco Canyon, the scientists, I, all they wanted was, was to reverse engineer those particular devices, whatever they were. They were not interested in who, what was the source of the devices, whether there was any intelligence, uh, non-human intelligence involved. They weren't interested, but I am. And so I'm approaching the system uh, with, with a student-teacher relationship. I'm going there specifically 
to keep my mouth shut, uh, to, to ask who they are and, and, and who we are and take it from there because they're far, far advanced in terms of uh, evolutionary knowledge than we are. And I'll keep my mouth shut and learn. That sounds interesting. You know, my always thought is, are they evil or are they friendly? Because you know what's going on. We're constantly, we're warriors. We're always in some type of war, any time of the day, any second of the day, year on, year on, for, you know, since men have been walking this planet. Uh, no, no, for, my, for my own reasons, Gary, I don't believe uh, that the, the, what I'm going to meet is by any means uh, uh, evil. They're pro- they have projected all kinds of things just just as this nonsense protocol. But they don't believe – and if they are, well, they vaporize me, and that's the end of that. Well, we hate to lose you. I, I just I hate it, to lose me too. Yeah, I just don't know because, you know, and it goes in my mind, whatever these creatures, entities are or whatever they are, you know, I have had so many people, Ed, for the years that claim they were abducted and they were experimented on and then they were released. And well, Gary, what- some of the abductions were, were quite real. From my, for the ones, uh, and I'll, I'll be talking about the quite, not the junk and the, and the Billy Meyer stuff, but I'll be talking, uh, 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 discussing the real, the real abductions on, on Saturday. One of my f- a favorite, it's more than a favorite to me because it's the most meaningful. Well, and Ray, the late Ray Fowler wrote the book on the on the Andresen uh, affair, the Betty Andresen abductions, and those were very very meaningful. Those were real abductions, but how she described them, it, and, and Jacques Vallée is very very familiar with this this uh, syndrome. You're taken into a place in, in his book Passage to Magonia. He talks about this how. All of a sudden, we're thrust into an environment called another dimension, if you will, where nothing makes sense. You might as it's you, nothing makes sense. There's no common denominator for what you're experiencing. And when you come back from the abduction experience, you're trying to put put the pieces of this puzzle together, and it's all gobbledygook. But the abductions were real. And as remote viewers, we pulled we there's no there's no secrets. We take a look at the event of what really happened. Now, a lot of those abductions, because we're dealing with the system that is so, I mean, think of dealing with a with a race that's a billion years ahead of you, or you know, or, or something like that. Uh, they have to drop down to your level, and 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 educate you. And I the the their motive, the, at least this system's motive, the one that was behind the RAL school. The, uh, the motive is to force us to advance in, in evolution, to, to evolve, to, to evolve. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And that can only be done with consciousness tools, uh, period. Consciousness is that consciousness nexus out there is the, it, that's the lingua franca for how all of the entities in the universe, no matter how you're created or, or, how, or what level of intelligence you are, that's, that's the lingua franca. That's how we communicate via that. Interesting, too. You know, again, like Michio Kaku says, we're not even a, a level one civilization. And whatever is out there probably doesn't even really want to communicate with us to become a level one, at least. That's the, I, I want my grandchildren in this so-called federation. I want them in the lower level, the entry, entry level. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts of this federation and everything i do is is devoted to, to making that happen in terms of remote viewing and i understand gary after all your years in the business understand exactly where you're coming from uh, and it's not my business it's 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 your i'm in a different business it was totally focused from day one on the contact which is why i got i was destined to be a general officer in a very 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 secret uh place and i I got out because all I care about is is, is contact. I, I believe the contact is imperative. We're going down as a species. We're, we're conducting ecocide like mad. We're destroying our planet. And, and I think we need to ask for help. We need to give the keys back to dad and say, okay, uh, you know, I'm not mature enough to drive this car. We are treated like children by that system out there it, because we act like children. And, it, and all these machines and devices and, and iPhones and stuff like that that we didn't have in 1900, we, we didn't, you know, radio and and and, and flight, it's just is in kindergarten. Uh, but we're so focused on it, we just have forgotten some serious stuff. Well, you know what really astounds me, uh, young people, that you know in some ways they're way more intelligent than i was at their age like my grandkids but in some ways without these devices they can't function i was in yeah, the store and i both know that and, and it's not that they're more intelligent in fact it's the opposite because our take a look at some of the scholarly works uh, 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 by uh, the great books writers. I mean, you and I would have to have a dictionary next to us, even to read a chapter. Uh, you talk about education, uh, uh, the Lyceums in, in Greece and uh, all, all the schools in Babylonia and uh, in, in Samaria. I mean, these were intelligent people. The founding fathers of my country, these were intelligent men. So, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's a matter of focus. Yeah. And a matter it. it when I, I had an office in Beverly Hills, I used to teach movie stars and, and, high, and celebrities. And I, I, I was so happy to leave L.A. because that bumper sticker that I saw on that last day, <laughs> it, 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 it said everything about Hollywood and celebrities. The bumper sticker was, it's all about me. Yeah, it is. Well, I got to say this one thing. You know, 
when I grew up, I'm in my 70s. I, I turned 70 here recently. I'm 72. And, you know, when I was a child, you know, everybody would come to our house on a Friday, Saturday night. This is before we had a TV. And, and we'd listen to radio shows. And everybody would close their eyes and they would think out the plots of if it was a detective show or regardless what it was. Oh, some of them were horrifying. The man turned inside out and those kind of things. The listening to those shows were far more horrifying than watching anything. Because no. now you have your own imagination to deal with. Yeah, but it made you think. Oh, Nowadays, yes. you know, you watch a movie. And then 10 minutes after you watch it, you don't even remember what you just watched. That's well, how lazy our brains have gotten. Well, uh, uh, the idea of Christ's parables, uh, Christ would gather a bunch of people and, and, and you know, uh, on a hill and start talking like a lyceum. And, and he would speak in parables many times. And, you know, one guy would say, what's he talking about? I don't know. I just came for the, the wine and the bread. But somebody else might say, what did he mean? What did he mean? And it would haunt them. They'd go to sleep. What did he mean? What did he, until they got it. And that took work. It does. And that's what is lacking nowadays with young people. They don't have the imagination anymore. I got to ask you a question. Some of the people out there are asking astral projection. Yeah, astral projection, very real phenomenon. Uh, I tried to induce it as an intelligence collection tool in the unit. We had uh, a room with a bed in it. And uh, I, as the operations officer, would be at, and I, I've been taught to do this, too. It's very fascinating, but it's very much unlike technical remote viewing because it has flaws. Uh, so that we use altered states, but sometimes uh, somebody would spontaneously go in astral projection. Uh, I, w I realized how useful that would be. So I tried to train it, but it had problems like, OK, I want somebody to go to a, a the, let's say the uh, I want to investigate the, uh, the beam director at Sari Shagan, this is a space uh, directed particle beam weapon that the Russians were developing and, and top secret couldn't get anywhere near it. So we had to use remote viewing. So I wanted my, my I wanted my, my the guy on the couch, this lieutenant on the couch to go to uh, use astral projection and get to Sari Shagan. So all. I'm in there for about 10 minutes doing what we do, which is very complex, darkened room. I have a, a little table with a red light, and I'm trying to keep him under, because uh, which, which is difficult to do. Your, your, their body polarity is right on the edge of uh, – right if you had an analog meter, it would be at zero. If you had a, a oscilloscope, when the, when the sine wave flipped, the, guy, the guy's knee-to-head polarity went, went to zero, they were ready – to, to go into an altered state. They were in an altered state. But I wanted to go beyond that to astral travel. So here's this guy. I lose him. He's not reporting to me anymore. He's not giving me any information. And he, I thought he was asleep, which made me angry. And uh, he pops back in. I said, and he says, sir, you're not going to believe this. I'm, I was up here on the top of the room looking down at you and me. And I'm shaking my head. I turn the lights back on. I said, Wilson, yes, sir. I said, uh, did you get the information on uh, the Sealistat, on, the, on the, the beam director? Uh, sir, you can't believe what, what this is. And, you know, so you, get the, the, you can't control uh, uh, astral travel. I mean, maybe some people can. I don't know. But it wasn't useful for intelligence collection uh, uh, purposes. Very interesting. And again, is the military, the governments, or any part of the government still doing remote viewing that you're aware of? 
No, I'm the keeper of the keys. Everybody watches me, FBI, CIA, and except because I have evolved this. The the the, the remote training teachers, some of them from the original team, they are now fully 35 years behind the power curve. They didn't take it up as we're doing their certain things. Uh, so they spent 20 years, you know, offline, and now they're coming in. But they only they're they're left behind as teachers. They can still teach. The, the original coordinate remote viewing that we learned 40 years ago, and and their students can have the remote viewing experience, which is great, it's fun, uh, but that they cannot tackle tacti- uh, the, the strategic and technical targets at all. Interesting. I, I, again, I mean, what is, besides murder and missing children and remains of children, what other cases do you remote view nowadays? I have I have a personal project which is a very big gold gold project that uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I I I can't go up uh, to Northern California. I have uh, I have three uh, I have two murdered children that remains to find next week, and then I have a very very big case. Uh, Madeline McCann, remember her? Vaguely, yes. Yeah, Madeline McCann, uh, the Madeline McCann case, uh, um, she's alive. She's a, a senior at a high school in Las Vegas. Her parents, she's been missing now for easily, I don't know, 12 years, 12 years. So I, I found her alive, and I need I need to work quietly with, with the FBI and, and getting her back to her biological parents, which will be quite a shock because, you know, how it goes when you think that these are your parents, but they're not. So I have those in my gold project. But other than that, I'm completely focused uh, uh, permanently on on contact. So I'll be homesteading that outpost uh, for good. Uh, I'll keep you informed. Now, on contact, what happens if you get information that you're not happy with? Uh, well, that's the same in remote viewing. There's a lot of things you see. For instance, threats to yourself or your family or something else like that, or perhaps maybe your dad has pancreatic cancer, cancer, and you discover that. Uh, th- that's not something you wanted to see, but uh, you know, facts are facts, and, and you, you deal with them personally. It's, uh, it's it's a personal, as we used to say in the military. You remember, sounds like a personal problem, son. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, so you deal with. It. I, I I know for sure that. There's going to be some terrible, terrible things happen to our planet, which I don't want to go into. I know that already, and they will probably reinforce that. But what I would like for them to do is give it, give us uh, some way to prevent, uh, at least to save, uh, which is the original reason we looked ahead and found the sun instead of a war, to, to save people's lives. I mean, I do a lot of medical cases I've done tons in the past, and I got the, had the honor of saving lots of lives, infants and, and elderly people, using remote viewing to 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 cross cue the doctors and say, "Sir, doc, you, you got to look over here." Well, I looked in that place. Well, look again. Okay, so that's that 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 saved patients' lives. But now I want to save a lot more. I would like to save a lot more, and I'm hope hoping, I'm hoping that maybe this system out there that's a whole lot smarter than than us. Uh, can give that to us. And and then after I, I establish formal contact, then I will walk away. I have a dream team that I'm putting together 
of, of scientists uh, that are far, far smarter than I, the Michio Kakus of the world, the Jacques Vallées of the world, the Colm Kellehers. These people are far smarter than I. And uh, to turn contact over to them, uh, which, is the, which is the logical thing to do. So I can go get a little cabin by the beach somewhere, maybe have a dog and a garden and live a real life. Does remote viewing ever come back and haunt you? I don't know. I don't understand what you mean, Gary. Uh, well, I mean, let's say you go to bed at night and you've been remote viewing, let's say, where a child got murdered. Or maybe a, a war could be going or the kill shot from the sun. Does it ever affect you when you go to bed at night and close your eyes? Those are nightmare things. But the thing that affects me the most, the, the very most, over the last uh, 40 years, the thing that absolute that I go to bed with every single night is a missing child. If a child, an infant is missing or a child is missing, I cannot sleep. I have, I have uh, insomnia to begin with, but having a de- have, uh, I can't stop myself from ha- I, I can't, it's unconscionable for me to not be able to apply my skills uh, to uh, a missing child case, uh, and, and that haunts me. It would haunt anybody, you know. It, it, it's what it's, it's horrible when you you lose a loved one. And I mean, it's worse than that, Gary, because uh, the, these people, the, these families, they're going to want to go to the grave expecting their kid to walk back through that door. I don't work with families because they don't want to hear body in any, any means. They, and I have children, grandchildren of my own. And uh, this is this is a living hell every day of your life, wondering what happened to your child. Yeah. So, it, so how could I not not look at that? I can't walk away from something like that. Now, another question I have, Ed, how about you're investigating somebody that disappeared and maybe they disappeared on their own. They didn't crime or they didn't kill themselves or somebody didn't kill them. They were trying just I want to start a new life. Have you ever remote viewed anybody who had just disappeared? The wife, family, everybody is freaked out. They want their husband and father back. And well, that's the case with fugitives, with FBI fugitives. They're disappeared and they start a new life. But for in the cases that I wouldn't touch cases like like suspected cases, like you're suggesting, I have no time. My time is limited, and, and uh, you know, in my my final years on this uh, on, on this gem of a world. I couldn't imagine any any sphere in the universe, no moon or planet as incredibly diverse and beautiful as this one. I really can't imagine it. But my year, remaining years, I have, I, I don't have the time to mess. I don't do adults. Adults can make decisions for their own, good or bad. Uh, some can get them into bad circumstances or murdered uh, or worse. But children have no choice. They're, they're innocent. And, and, and by God, if, if somebody harms or worse uh, a child, they're on my you-know-what list. How does law enforcement take what you do? Well, they've come to know me. So uh, they know, I have a track. I, I have some, my bona fides are out there. I'm one of the most decorated intel officers since World War II and all that. And that's all out there. People know me. Uh, and and uh, so they don't have – in almost all cases – uh, 
that I've run into. I mean, there's many, many people, uh, law enforcement agencies that don't know me, of course, but but a lot do, and I don't have I don't have a difficult time uh, convincing them to look in a specific place or do a certain thing. But I would prefer I prefer to do the work on my own, use my own money, use my own jeep, uh, uh, use my own resources uh, uh, to go after these cases. I make it up close and personal. Very very interesting. Again, our time is running down. Uh, again, this thing you're going to be doing on Zoom. When is that? And can you tell us a little bit more about that, how people can find it and get involved with it, what you're doing? Yeah, it's quite quite simple. Uh, it's a Zoom event on, on Saturday, this coming Saturday, the 5th of March. If uh, any interested parties can go to MajorDamesNews.com, and in that you'll see events. And this particular event uh, is labeled the Ultra Terrestrial Agenda. And uh, take a look at that. And what I'm going to cover 40 year, the, the the highlights of 40 years of remote viewing, both a, 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 as a military psychic spying unit and as a professional civilian team, looking at the so-called ET UFO enigma. What popped out of that? Cover a lot of different cases. What's really going on? Where those folks are? What they expect of us? And and my my research in that arena is over. I've always been afraid that I wouldn't be able to, re- it, it's finished. I'm very, very thankful about that. Now it's time to go back out in the field. We failed to get formal contact uh, in, in Chaco Canyon uh, with all the scientists, and there's a reason why. Uh, and that's because their approach was just mechani- They're just after those mechanisms where were my approach is as a student-teacher relationship and being able to see them having pulled the curtain curtain back on the wizard, and the wizard wanted the curtain pulled back. It just had to force the right environment and, and people to just go to sleep and bang their heads, pull their hair out, say, how do we do this? How, how can we understand this? Jacques Belay would, would certainly uh, agree with me. So we're going to that, and especially it'll be a long presentation, and there'll be ample opportunity for, for all parties to ask me questions, and I'll address every one of them. Very interesting. Now, do you have any books or anything? I, just, I only have my autobiography, uh, uh, Tell Me What You See, Remote Viewing Cases and Find the World's Foremost. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your law Makers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Psychic spy that's been out there and uh, uh, for a while. And where can they find it? Uh, Amazon or any other. Amazon's a good place. uh, So tell me what you see, Major Ed Dames. Well, Ed, after you do your thing on, you know, Zoom, let me know how it went. Well, you can send me an email, will you? 
Are you talking about after the, the Zoom event, Gary? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd be glad to. Well, I want to thank you, Ed, for coming on so much. Is there anything you want to say before I, I, I wish you a good night? Um, just one thing about your so-called ETs. There's everything that we found on Mars and the moon uh, there's, uh, are, are sentient machines. They're actual machines that are sentient, very, very intelligent. But they're still machines. We can talk a lot about that in, uh, in the future. They've been, they've been left there by possibly other machines. I, I, I don't know. But we have found ET civilizations far, far away that are wonderful, just wonderful. And the civilizations are mostly on cr- uh, created uh, way stations. They're, they're not on a planet or a moon. They're out in space like a big city. And those are wonderful, wonderful. Plus there are plenty. I mean, life is, the universe is teeming life. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so many people still deny there's life out there. And one form it could be. How in the world can it be possible? No, I I, I can't believe we're the only people in the campground, Ed. I I think it may be because they're afraid. Yeah, that could change everything we learned in school, too, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, Ed, I want to thank you so much for being on. I really enjoyed having you on. And I know from the chat. A pleasure speaking with you and meeting you. Okay, my friend, you take care. Roger. Okay. Well, James. Yes, sir. Okay, well, who's our guest tomorrow? What are we going to be talking about tomorrow? Oh, let me tell you. Our guest is going to be Bruce Gernon. Now, he is an authority on the Bermuda Triangle. He's the one that in the early 70s flew his plane through a like a electronic fog, so to speak, and ended up uh, into the fast... He ended up in Miami like an hour or a half hour ahead of time, and he can't explain it. So, But he's been studying and researching Bermuda Triangle ever since, so he, that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. Just think of all the ships out there. Through the centuries, it disappeared. Military aircraft had disappeared. If you think about it, maybe there's a portal there or something, where, you know, that comes and goes. Ghost ships have appeared and disappeared in that area. Can you imagine you're out there fishing and you see a fog coming towards you and you see a ship that's like 100 years old? I don't know. It's it's scary. I think there's a one, two uh, in um, Alaska. There's some. Oh, there's a couple of these portals or triangles all around this earth. Oh, yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, Japan, I think there's one. Uh, there's even some inland, but yes, you are correct. And these, I think you're right. I think they're portals. And I believe that he pretty much went through a portal. Um, his was in the air in a plane, which is scary because here's the thing. He got through it and went through the other side. How many don't get through and end up missing as a statistic? Well, there's a lot of sailors, a lot of pilots in the, the triangle. It just, just disappeared. They never found the wreckage or anything. But there's been reports from, you know, ship captains and people on ships. They run across these old ghost ships, you know, that shouldn't even be floating. You know, they're a hundred and some years old and they're still floating. Could you imagine? Is it a time warp, time space warp? I don't know. But I, I tell you, it's going to be a very interesting show. And then Friday, we got Stan Gordon, I believe, coming back on. Yes, Dan Gordon is going to be back on. And listen, that guy has got almost 
almost 60 years of research and reports on cryptos and UFOs. So, boy, he is a treasure trove uh, of information, and he's every day getting new ones. I know. Now I'm more confused than ever, James, because Ed Dames, you know, he feels that maybe these ETs are not humanoid, but they could be machines from another generation of ETs that created the machines. I, it makes me just wonder what is really going on. It, yes, I, I know. And listen, and that's scary uh, that have AI that intelligent. Not only that, but he did say that they, a lot of these ETs put such highly advanced thoughts in your head. You think you're seeing something that isn't there. So maybe that works against maybe remote viewers, too. We don't know. We don't, yeah. you know, think about. We don't. Now, again, too, you know, maybe th- there is things like these triangles that open up to a parallel universe, uh, a, a time slip, time weird things. I'm sure all of us have had time slips in our life. And you scratch your head afterwards and say, how did I end up there? I, I You know, I'm two hours late or, gee, that's the fastest I ever got there. There is things out there we just don't know. Well, listeners, I need you to do me a favor. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do. Give us a thumbs up. And if you like the show, hey, say that on there. Just say it and comment. Hey, I like the, the show tonight. We are bringing on the best guests we can get in the paranormal. We refuse a lot of guests out there now. We want the best that you will enjoy. Well, till tomorrow, everybody have a good one. We'll catch you on the other side of the coin. Take care, and we'll catch you tomorrow night. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete. And in a, an instant, your world flips. And your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. When it comes to fitness, what's real? How about when it really, truly fits your life? That's how Anytime Fitness sees it. Because our coaches see you. It's how they build personal plans that work wherever you are and focus on everything that matters, from fitness to nutrition to recovery, all so you can push yourself further than ever or just through the next rep. It's total 360 support for a real difference. That's Anytime Fitness. That's Real AF. Visit anytimefitness.com. Hey, it's me, future you. Wait, I'm calling myself from the future? Pretty trippy, right? What's happening there? It's what's not happening. Your internet. It can't hold up to all these new devices. Everything's crashing and acting up. You got no flow, man. You need Zipply Fiber. It has up to 25 times faster upload speeds. Switching now. Wait, if it's the future, don't I already have Zipply Fiber internet? Yeah, don't overthink it. Free your internet flow and go to ZipplyFiber.com and switch today.
UFOs, the real stuff? Selected by Extraterrestrials, Volume 3, My Spoken Words, William Mills Tompkins. Volume 3 covers his amazing story, what he saw in the Battle of L.A. William was a special assistant to Admiral Rico Bada to find out all about the Nazi connection to ETs during World War II and connection to Antarctica. This is a must-read. Selected by Extraterrestrials, Volume 3. Available on Amazon in January, edited and compiled by Dr. Bob Wood. For 80 years, Billy Myers' UFO contacts have been ongoing in Switzerland with the clearest UFO evidence ever seen. Billy Meyer is also the source of the most accurate, life-saving prophecies and predictions in human history. Suppressed and kept from you for decades, now freely available at theyflyblog.com. And get Michael Horn's newest documentary, From the Depths of Space, on this singularly authentic UFO case at theyflyblog.com. Mention Night Dreams and get a free award-winning film with any purchase. The new film will be out in January. Billy Meyer, Michael Horn, log on now, theyflyblog.com. Meet the Totally Ninja Raccoons. Three raccoons who become ninjas because they already have the masks. The Totally Ninja Raccoons books are short adventures with quick chapters, specially structured to encourage reluctant readers. Each book has the Totally Ninja Raccoons encountering a cryptid. The monsters are presented in a fun, not-so-scary way. I said not so scary. <sighs> Readers are encouraged to do their own research and make up their own minds about the possible existence of Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, aliens, and more. The Totally Ninja Raccoons are available on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. You can buy autographed copies direct from the author at kevincoolidge.org. That's kevincoolidge.org for the Totally Ninja Raccoons. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Night Dreams brings on the night worldwide. Did you know you can find us on your favorite app? And now you can watch us live on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and give us a thumbs up. And now, here's Gary. And here I am. Well, I hope everybody's having a great Friday. Boy, I tell you what, reading and watching the news, what's going on in the Ukraine, I tell you, my stomach is just upset. I, I'm telling you that I cannot believe after World War II, the Europe is going back into a situation that is probably going to be as bad or if not worse than World War II. And I hopefully between, well, Russia and China, we don't end up in a World War III. It is really getting scary in the news. Well, the Mars rover captured an image of 
can you believe this one? A drill bit. Now, this is a huge drill bit. It's not like what you use in your little drill, but this is like what you'd be using for, well, for digging oil and stuff like this. It's a good size one. And it turned up in a, a photograph from the uh, rover. And I'll tell you one thing, James, it definitely is not a rock. I don't know if you've seen that, but if you go to our show on Facebook, our show's page, you can see the image of it. It's really surprising. I haven't seen that one yet, but I'll tell you what, that is uh, very fascinating. You got any ideas or theories What, where to come from? Who's the maker of it or who left it there? I have no idea. Maybe it's from ETs. Maybe it's left over from the Martians. Maybe they were looking for oil on Mars. I have no idea on that one. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm looking at it right now. That is, listen, there is no mistaking for this picture for everybody out there. You know how people say pareidolia and all, but this is actually uh, an actual bit. I mean, it's and it's big. It's huge. Yeah, and it's not a rock, is it? No, no, there's no mistaking. Like, you know how people say, well, I see a face here, or that looks like, there's no, this is definitive. Like, you, it's flat surface, and then there's a big bit laying there on the surface. Yeah, well, maybe they'll find something more interesting. I don't know. Well, two supermassive black holes are on track to collide. But don't worry about it. It's going to be about 10,000 years from now. But when they do, it's going to warp space and time. So there's our time machine. That's very interesting. You know, you think about your love animals. You know, like your love for animals. You have dogs and cats. You know, they mourn when their master pass on. But a new study comes that they mourn when they lose one of their, well, companions. It could be another dog or it could be a brother or a sister. But they go for severe depression. And then... yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, then in the news, how can I say this? You know, they pinpointed the day, not the date, but the season when the dinosaurs perished. They figured it was the beginning of spring on a nice warm day. Now, that is amazing. Now, that's happened a couple of times with a couple of us. Well, allegedly with a couple of comments that came in. But um, they've actually got... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The season down. That that right there is, I guess that, I guess it shows in the uh, rocks or the sand or the dirt or whatever they're studying. But that is amazing. I know one thing. I'm glad I wasn't there. Well, I'm glad you weren't there either because you know how old you'd be. And have you seen, James, have you seen the picture of the monk that he's claiming he's 160 years old. 
Yes, 163, I think. It, but yes, oh my goodness, it looks like I'm almost questioning is that guy still alive? He, I mean, it looks, God bless him if he's alive. 163, Gary. Is that even possible? Well, the. From what I read, you know, 150 would be pushing it to the very max. But, yeah, this guy is alive. You can actually see him move. But I tell you what, he looks like somebody, I hate to say it, dug him out of the ground. Yeah. A matter of fact, the caption I seen was he's practicing self-mummification, I believe is what it said. But uh, that is just mind-boggling to be – because how active could he be? I'm wondering if he's in misery. My goodness, your organs, you'd think after that long would – give you problems something would be going wrong well there's not much left him i mean he looks like he is a mummy i mean he's all dehydrated he's all shriveled up he's blind he can't talk but they actually had a video of him drinking liquid and uh, i don't know if i would want to live to 160 something you know if you're not like um, William Shatner in his 90s, still being able to ride a motorcycle and get on a horse, if you're confined to a bed and you're over 100 years old, what type of life is that? Exactly. It looks kind of like the Crypt Keeper. I mean, the poor guy, well, like the title said, he's practicing self-mummification. I mean, it's just what kind of quality of life is that, really, you know? I don't know. I don't want to find out. We'll be right back with this break with a great guest. We're going to talk about ufology here tonight, so stay tuned. Are you searching for deeper answers when it comes to experiences with the Sasquatch and other cryptids? One man who seems to be taking that deeper dive is Ron Moorhead. His incredibly clear, scientifically vetted Bigfoot Sierra sounds will send shivers. In addition to these recordings, he's written two books, Voices in the Wilderness, which is the chronicle of interactions that went on for years up in the Sierra Nevada mountains, and then his latest, The Quantum Bigfoot, where he bravely goes where others fear and takes it head on, again, backed by science. The disappearing tracks, the pixelated images, and the screams in the dark. All of this and more can be found at ronmoorhead.com. That's www.ronmoorehead.com. Hi, this is Val Von Torn of Metatron Power and Light. You're listening to Gary Anderson and Night Dreams Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Val. I really appreciate that. Well, James, who's our guest and what do we, you know, what can you tell the listeners about? Well, our guest tonight is Michael Breen, and he ha- he is an author, lecturer, and a storyteller, and he's collected many reports and from interviewing many people over the years and took down their experiences from paranormal, covering UFOs, aliens, and strange and the weird, all from their travels on the roads and the highways and the byways of America. Well, Michael, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, great, and thank you for having me as a guest. Well, it seems like you covered most of America. You know, <laughs> do you believe yourself? Do UFOs exist? Are they off-world? Were they left over from the Nazis, which some people claim they are? Or, you know, well, these ETs, do you think they they exist? Well, here's, here's my take. Uh, I, I'm afraid to say I think... Uh, not only myself, but many of us tend to think in terms of earth, air, fire, and water 
at this juncture in the history of planet Earth. If you were to ask me in a hundred years from now, I think I might have a broader conception and make a more intelligent assessment uh, to answer your question. Uh, but I do tend to think there are strangers in our skies, uh, but uh, beyond that, really hard to say. We've got a lot of theories as to what it can be. But again, I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean to sound demeaning, self-demeaning, but uh, earth, air, fire, and water, I wish we had a few more uh, concepts in, in uh, science that we're probably not going to know for a few hundred or maybe a few thousand years from now to make better judgments of these things. Well, you know, too, did you see that photograph that was released from the rover on on Mars? They got a, a picture of a giant drill bit. And no, this is not a rock. This is, this is a drill bit. I, I heard you talking about that earlier. No, I haven't seen it yet. I certainly will look at it. But it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't think, uh, first of all, we don't know whether it could be of earthly origin. There's all kinds of rumors about powers that be uh, already having capability of going to the moon and Mars. Who knows? Uh, or it could be ETs. Uh, who knows? It's possible. Oh, yeah. Or I always tell people that maybe we're the Martians. We, you know, when Mars was dying, they, you know, do what most civilizations would do. They would look for another place to start life over again. You'd think. Yeah. But, you know, I, here's the thing. You know, I'm still, you know, disclosure, I'll be honest with you, Michael. I'm still not happy with what I've heard so far from the government. I mean, they have come out and they, as you know, they said, well, these things, we don't know where they're coming from. But they're definitely, you know, something that we don't know what they are. But, you know, a, again, that they're saying, yes, they exist, but they're not saying they're off world. And that's what I would like to hear is that they come out and say, hey, they, they're coming from another you-know-what. That's true, but uh, I think there's something else going on that's interesting about all this. Now, let me just say that I was about maybe six or seven years old when the Roswell thing took place, and I'd been growing up through the you might say the modern era of ufology of the history of ufos from roswell on to the present and i've lived through a lot of times where we had various uh, statements made by government officials uh, and what i really recall most of all up until the recent times in the present is uh that basically people were made to f feel put down and ridiculed about uh, believing in any of these things, doubting what they themselves swear they saw and experienced. And now we're getting a slightly different take. It's as if to say, you know, you're not as crazy as people might, might think you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, you saw something. You experienced something. And tell you what, we don't know what it is. That's a little. That's a lot more than we've heard over the last seventy-five years oh, of ufology. It, it is now. I, I got to ask you a question, Michael. You sure. mentioned you grew up. You were about six years old when Roswell happened. Uh, I, again, you know, 
do you really feel that Roswell did happen? You know, I, I, from every bit of research and uh, I've done, I, I really think something happened. I don't buy it was a weather balloon because, you know, why would have the military, the Army Air Force, come out and say they found the wreckage of a UFO and then by morning change their whole story? Yeah, I, I think the weight of, of it all, as far as I'm concerned, is that something very profound happened. Now, here's an interesting thing. It's basically the Navy that's recently come out with more of these re- revelations and, uh, you know, this expanded point of view of all this. But it hasn't really been the Air Force that's that's gone as far as the Navy. And that's what, uh, if you look at uh, what Chris Mellon has said, now Chris Mellon was very high up in the intelligence hierarchies in the United States, and he basically uh, came out with a report not too long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, Basically saying, you know, it looks like the Navy's coming a little more clean with this, but what's happening with the Air Force? They're still not really talking much about it. So we have differences within our services and branches within our government uh, in regard to all this. Well, you all, too, I, I know somebody who's a retired general, and I was talking to them quite a bit here recently, or have for a few months, you know, there's hostility right now with the Air Force because of the Space Force. They thought they should have been the Space Force. Well, you know, this internecine political warfare that's going on, I don't know if we could ever really comprehend it <clears throat> to the degree that we would like to. But, uh, you know, this uh, has a long history, and there's uh, hundreds of thousands of cases that have happened in in what I call the modern era, and that meaning, you know, basically after Roswell to the present. <clears throat> but we know we hear stories that this has gone on for thousands, if not maybe millions of years. Uh, we're in this little narrow point in time with a lot of change taking place, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me how many different compartments uh, deal with these subjects. And, and we're getting little bits and pieces of it. Uh, but it's a lot more than we've had in the last few years compared to what preceded, you know, with the history of Blue Book and all the uh, uh, attempts to kind of silence people talking about it. We've really come quite a long way. Oh, we have. You know, and you mentioned Blue Book to me. And they also had two other programs before Blue Book. And to me, it was basically not a whitewash, but to probably disprove the that these things actually happened. It was a lot of disinformation with the blue book and the two previous ones. And I, you know, I am glad that it's starting to come out because I mean, how long can you keep hiding it? You know, back when Roswell happened, or even going back during towards the end of World War Two, where we had the Foo Fighters, we all this stuff, right? You didn't have the internet. Now people see That's something, right. they get on the internet, they they share it. It, it. You can't, you know, hide it like it was before. You couldn't bury it away. A lot of newspapers didn't want to bring it up. TV stations didn't want to bring it up because they were told not to. 
And now we're in a situation where, you know, you have the Navy release and stuff. But again, that's kind of here. Here's my thing. It's always something that happens. You know, every time like something is going to be released. OK, something like Steve Bassett. He, he was positive. It was a major disclosure was going to happen three months ago. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. something happened. And now we got another thing that happens. It's always something else happens and it pushes you know this back on the burner yeah and uh you know people kind of have the the notion in their minds and we've been kind of conditioned to think this way okay when it lands on the white living your best life just got a little easier with forward Forward is preventative care without the hassle or the co-pays. They offer genetic testing, biometric monitoring, and personalized insights that allow you to take a proactive approach to your long-term health using cutting-edge technology to identify and address any issues before they become a problem so you can live your longest, healthiest, best life. Join Forward for just $99 a month at GoForward.com slash Spotify. That's GoForward.com slash Spotify. This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete. And in a, an instant, your world flips. And your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. House Lawn, I'll believe it. And that's kind of been the way we've been pointed in this direction. We're only going to believe it when it happens like that. But when you really look at the whole history of this phenomenon, uh, is it any surprise that UFO sightings and all of these weird and strange things, kind of like if you took a pepper shaker and shook it out over the whole expanse of, of countries around the world, uh, ordinary people have these experiences and it sort of happens in waves and more and more and more people have these little bits and pieces of these experiences it's not necessarily that it's ever going to land on the White House lawn but if sufficiently a large enough people, a group of people like the 100 monkey theory is enough of us begin to have these experiences our paradigms begin to shift ever so slightly. Maybe that's how paradigm shifts take place. You know, the basic way we look at society and life and the universe and the world, it's not a sudden either or it is or it isn't, but it's like seeding over time, building in the consciousness of people in a broad sense. That's kind of my thinking. Well, you know, it it has changed because, you know, going back, I'll go back, 20 years. You know, when I would get a guest on and they would say, I was abducted and they would tell their story. You know, being on radio, they don't see my face expressions. I mean, there was a lot of people I figured, you know, maybe they escaped from mental institution. Mm -hmm. But now there's a certain amount of percentage of people when they talk about being abducted. I'm starting to believe it. I, I really am. I don't believe everybody that comes on. 
But, I mean, I do believe that there is people being abducted and things are going on. But I don't understand, though, if people are being abducted for their DNA or for being experimented on, why would this continue as many people being abducted and continuing on for a long period of time? Well, that's a really good point, Gary. Uh, I totally agree with you. Uh, But I also see this as... um, Uh, I kind of have two working rules of thumb when I've interviewed people. And I've interviewed close to 2,000 people over the past four decades in all my travels, not only across America, but around the world, uh, interviewing and collecting stories from people. And I, I found two kinds of rules of thumbs that really affect the way I listen and pay attention to people. One is they tend to be saying, you know what? I know what I saw. I know what I saw. I know what I saw. They're very vehement. And I often say to myself, when I think about this, I think if but one of these things is true that people are telling me, what then? It only takes one. And yet, uh, in, in all my interviewing and collecting of stories from people and talking to them about their experiences, I feel like it's a lot more than just if but one of these is true. It's many things that are true. And uh, because I personally have felt that I've had a number of paranormal experiences, uh, I'm personally convinced that's at least some of what's happened to me is valid and uh, worth looking at and not something I'm making up. And therefore, I extend that point of view a little bit to other people. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to give people a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and let them tell about what's happened to themselves and let them express themselves. Again, with this idea, if but just a little bit of that is true, what then? Well, I tell you what, even if a small percent of it is true, it is scary. You know, some of the people say, yes, I was abducted. You know, they showed me love. They gave me orbs. They told me we need to save the planet. But then I hear the other side where they were taken Mm -hmm. aboard the craft. Uh, They, you know, were uh, probed, uh, you know, poked, opened up, all this stuff done to them. And then... You know, they're told afterwards, you know, you got to take care of your planet. But you, why, it, the, the point is, whatever is going on, they don't really care about humanity because putting these people through all this massive amount of pain and mental anguish that they're going to have for the rest of their life. 
You're you're absolutely right, and uh, uh, you know I don't know when and if and how much of this we're ever really going to grasp, but I don't think we're just talking about necessarily one particular civilization. There may be many groups coming here and doing various things, not all of them uh, having the best of intentions necessarily. But I, I like to think of Stanton Friedman's, one of his wonderful contributions that a lot of people just didn't really think that much about it, but it was the so-called gray basket. Do you remember Stanton's gray basket? Uh, it was like an intermediate basket between truth and trash. Right. And, uh, you know, you park things temporarily in this gray basket, and maybe you lift something out of that basket and then integrate it with something else, or maybe it goes back in the basket. But if you go back and forth, sort of like a wave, rather than a discrete, well, this is true or this is false, this is not right, I don't believe this, I believe this. But if you just take the weight of things together, separate, always relooking at things. I think that, you know, we have to have different ways of evaluating. This cannot simply be judged and evaluated on the basis of human logic and rationality, nor can we really evaluate it strictly on how we feel about these things that we're hearing people telling us or, or that we feel we're experiencing. We have we have to have a, a different way of looking at all this collectively, I think, in order to shift shift our way of thinking over time. It's not a either or simple, simply this, simply that. It's very complicated, and maybe we don't yet have the tools to really evaluate and make final judgments on these things. Oh, you're right. We need to take about a two-minute break. We'll be back with Michael, and we're going to get deep into the subject, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Knowledge Apocalypse, 10-year anniversary edition, now available. Most ancient cultures speak of a time when their gods visited them. They never say their gods came from across the ocean or from the mountains. They always came down from the skies. Was ancient man visited by gods or extraterrestrials? We have not been told the full truth about our human past. There was a time when all the ancient cultures lived amongst beings they considered their gods. The search for truth leads us down the path of learning where the ETs might come from and why they are here. To understand some of these advanced topics and learn the truth about human origins, buy the new book by Jason Martell, Knowledge Apocalypse, now in its 10-year anniversary edition. Available at Amazon.com. Did you know Night Dreams Talk Radio now has a great store? And now's the time to get that Night Dreamer, that cool Night Dreams tea, or Bigfoot mug. Night Dream Store has lots of awesome items to pick from. All for the Night Dreamer. For details, check out our show's website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. Dot com. Night Dreams Talk Radio brings you talk radio like you remember with your host, Gary Anderson. And we are back. Boy, the time is just flying by so fast. Well, Michael, have you ever yourself 
had the honor to, well, see a UFO. No, I didn't. But um, as a baby in a crib, and I kid you not, I remember uh, looking up at my window in my bedroom, maybe standing up in my crib. Uh, that's probably how stark this was that I remembered this. I saw what I can only recall and describe now as a little green elf-like creature come through the Venetian blinds and go into my closet. Now, I never forgot about it, but I never labeled it uh, as an alien. I never really, you know, put put some definitive uh, idea to it, but I really recall having had the experience. All right, let's fast forward to maybe the age of, 12 or 13 or 14 or 15. I remember looking at a Look Magazine article, or maybe it was Life Magazine, a double-page spread of what looked like a flying saucer going across a desert scape. And I thought to myself, wow, that's important. This is something worth looking at. And I did that at a young age. At least, fortunately, I felt like I had my own mind uh, I knew when something seemed to be important enough, and that always stuck with me, and I stuck with that subject, among other subjects in my life. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 being a, 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 in the crib and seeing something like that, it must have really burned into your brain. And it did, uh, but I never really interpreted it. Now, I never did a regression, Perhaps if I had done some sort of regression, maybe there would be more to know about it. But I just haven't really personally been motivated to do that. It was just something interesting that happened in my life. And it could be related to ufology and aliens. I'm not sure. It could be. And you mentioned regression. I got to ask you a question. You know, sure. there's a lot of hypnotists out there that do regressions on, you know, abductions and stuff like that that really don't have the real training behind them. And, and maybe my theory is wrong, but couldn't they actually mislead people? Like, here's the problem. We all grew up with a green-eyed monster, depending on how old you are. Those type of movies started in the mid-50s. Then you had the you know all the ones in the 60s and 70s. Then you had Star Wars, Star Trek. And, you know, people have been conditioned about, you know, UFOs and space and stuff like that. And if you got somebody who's not board certified or has the the background to really regress people, and then they these people are, are regressed and they come up with these big stories about, you know, being on a board of craft, this and this, couldn't a lot of that be contamination? I'm sure uh, much of it could be. Uh, it's hard to uh, just go across the board. But, uh, you know, in, in looking at my experiences with some of the uh, all-time greats in ufology, people who I've met personally, for example, Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs and uh, uh, the Harvard psych psychiatrist, I can't think of his name, the second, uh, I, I've come to re, uh, to respect a number of these people. Uh, Dick Haynes is another person that I knew way back. He was the NASA psychologist who uh, basically defined the the name UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, 
Uh, he's been credited with that and uh, having a study of uh, interviewing airline pilots. And I know that he did some regressions in the early days. And so some of these people I got to know personally and uh, generally respected the work that they were doing and felt like, uh, you know, maybe they're not completely proficient at these things. This was a lot of new territory. John Mack, that's who I was trying to think of. Um, uh, I think they uh, paved new uh, new roads uh, in the study of uh, abductions. I think you have to always take this with a grain of salt. But when you talk about people who dedicated their lives uh, and did as much uh, research and regressions of people, uh, I think you uh, always have to take it with a grain of salt. But I think you can respect some more than others. Well, the that reason why point. I was saying this, because, you know, back a couple of years ago, I had a retired New York detective on, homicide detective. And when he retired, he wanted to always be a hypnotist. So he took whatever he did to become certified. And when I had him on the show, what he said is you really have to watch out because there's people out there that don't are not really certified to be hypnotizing people doing it. And he said that's where you can get a lot of false information and the implants that into their subject that they're hypnotizing. So the person then, after they've been hypnotized, they now believe, you know, that that's the part what I was talking about. Yeah, I've heard I've heard this, of course. And having uh, gone all the way through a PhD myself, I've certainly heard more about this sort of thing than a lot of people have. But I don't want to throw the UFO babies out with the bathwater. No, I don't either. Yeah. But you're right. We have to be more circumspect about what we accept as true. And uh, that's part of the great difficulty of this subject. Uh, but yet there's a lot of compelling stuff. And I paid attention to a lot of things that made me feel like there's genuine substance to the subject matter. Well, you know, again, you know, yeah, Whitney Spreebird has been on the show uh, about three or four times. And, you know, I, I really believe that he was abducted. There's a lot of people I've had on the show that I really do believe they're being abducted. And, and my it keeps going in my mind, though. I mean, if they're trying to abduct people for their DNA, well, then I would think they would have enough supply. But by now... But you hit it on. You know, a lot of people out here think it's only one type of ET out there, little grays. And I think we're being visited by multiple humanoids coming down to this planet. And they're curious, just like we are with animals, you know, like tagging deer, tagging lions and oh, yeah. all kinds yeah. of stuff. I, think you, I agree with you. I think uh, uh, there's a lot more going on than, than we think, which makes it equally more difficult if the powers that be, governments, know this and understand this, uh, you know, the, they may have a very good point. Well, where do you draw the line uh, at which point uh, you tell all that you know? You know, it's a difficult situation. Uh, there's no easy, simple answer. Uh, why aren't we? Why are we not being visited by civilizations that that are millions of years uh, ahead of us in capability. 
I think uh, they could be all over the place, honestly. Well, I agree with you. And have you ever noticed, too, like when wars are going on? That's what I've been keeping track of here in the last couple of days. What's going on in the Ukraine right now is if there's going to be more sightings of, you know, of uh, these objects in the sky. Well, a really good question. And this also uh, comes up when we have volcanic eruptions, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, But I keep thinking back to the 80s when allegedly, supposedly, UFOs have been visiting nuclear weapons storage areas and missile launching areas, not only here, but also in the uh, former Soviet Union, maybe Russia today. And I sure hope they'd be visiting North Korea and China, I sure do hope. You know, maybe that was just a passing phase from one or more groups that were coming through at the time. But, geez, won't somebody save us? Well, we need something. I'll be honest with you, not to change the subject, but when you have a a leader of a country sit there saying that if anybody gets involved in this, basically I'll nuke you. So, I mean, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, and, and you have to wonder if, uh, you know, you played that part of Ronald Reagan talking about uh, maybe the presence of extraterrestrials conceivably. Um, boy, I, I, I would think that uh, everybody in, in these governments, if this was really going on, would know about it. And even Putin would know about it uh, and not take it lightly. Uh, I don't know what the uh our powers that be think about this i just don't know well you know i go back because again my regular listeners know what i'm going to probably say i had the chance to talk to ronald reagan a couple times because one of my dad's best friends uh was a friend of ronald reagan and i was Mm. infatuated with uh, ronald reagan you know and and i got to talk to ronald reagan and i was i was worried about nuclear war with russia the soviet union because every day you'd read the newspaper oh you know the war could happen anytime a nuclear war an exchange and i remember talking to him and i said about star wars i said is that going to protect us against the soviet union and he kind of like hesitated and he, he said well it'll protect us against them out there and then he corrected himself real quick Uh, I actually met Ronald Reagan's son and had lunch with him out here in Seattle some years back. And I asked him, what do you think of what your dad said at the United Nations? And, you know, at that time he was having talk shows and guess he says he's had abductees on and had UFO stuff on there. He didn't really think that's what his father was talking about. But I, I thought that was really uh, unusual. I, I would have thought that his father and mother told him about the, I think they had like two UFO sightings. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. I just would like to think that uh, somebody out there might intervene, but I'm not too optimistic about it. I'd sure like to think that somebody out there would help us, but. Uh, I just don't know how important we are in the whole scheme of things. That's the scary part. You know, I always think yes. the opposite, you know, that maybe you remember the movie Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The Earth was in its way. So they, they pushed the mm-hmm. button and it was no more Earth. I mean, you know, maybe one of these, well, 
civilizations that's coming to this planet. Look at what's going on, how we're treating each other, and say, you know what? That planet's in our way, and push a button. <laughs> well, I, I recall at the beginning of the show, uh, you were mentioning some scary things like, my God, it's almost springtime, and we're terrified going into spring. I sure want to look forward to to springtime coming and hopefully maybe that's a, a Pollyanna world but um, uh, gosh uh, you know we're coming down from the pandemic and now we've got this Ukraine situation going on it's uh, you know the scary times don't go away we, we've come so close to nuclear exchanges and this thing going on with Ukraine and Russia is not the first time that we've nearly gone to war with the Soviet Union. Well, I, I think back of when John F. Kennedy was president, you know, yeah. over Cuba. I mean, it came out many years afterwards. We were that. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Close for a nuclear exchange. I mean, we went to the level about ready to launch. And that's yeah, when the Soviet yeah. Union backed down. And I mean, we would have had an exchange if they wouldn't have backed down. Yeah, there's no telling how uh, Vladimir Putin's going to react these days anyway we're in difficult times for sure and uh and, and we still have this whole ufo thing uh, with us and uh we do not really know what part if any uh they would play uh if uh, it came to nuclear blows on this planet uh but something's out there and something's aware of our militaries for sure even uh, not only in the 80s but up through what was happening with the navy in the you know most recent years from 2004 on so tacoma power presents power move number 16 getting your new windows paid for just pay us back later Energy-efficient windows increase your comfort while lowering your utility bills. And with a zero-interest loan or rebate, installing them has never been easier. Tacoma Power has tons of opportunities like this one on water heaters, heating and cooling systems, smart thermostats, and more. See what offers you qualify for at mytpu.org slash powermoves. Save energy and money. Now that's a power move. I remember booking a canoeing trip on Bear Lake with Viator. I remember my wife's sweet smile taking me back to us canoeing in summer camp. I remember thinking, my oh my, this moment is nothing short of perfect. I remember turtles. 
We all remember things differently. What's important is that they're worth remembering. From canoeing to the Coliseum, you can book it all. Use code Viator10 in the app for 10% off your first booking. Viator, one site, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Who knows? Uh, we've got a lot to worry about, a lot to be, con- lot to be concerned about. And uh, for a lot of people, the subject of UFOs and aliens and whatnot couldn't be farther removed from the reality that uh, we're dealing with right now. Well, you know, the thing is, we know that there is something going on. It's just been too many sightings of these objects from professionals, lawyers, doctors, you know, even military people have seen it. You know, and I've said this before, you know, after World War II, the Korea War, there was a standing order if you saw, a, and you were in the military, and you were in Korea, and there was a war going on, if you saw one of these objects, the military, you were ordered to shoot at it. And that yeah, was all yeah. through the Korean War. That went on even to Vietnam. And there was right. cases in Vietnam where, you know, we shot at these craft, and they returned fire back at us. So, I mean... I, I understand and the one story was that they redirected the missiles right back to the uh, pl- airplanes they came out of, just turned them right back on uh, on the aircraft. It was one interesting story. Yeah, and there was one with a patrol boat, too, going up the river and right. it, that I encountered that it. And it was actually two of them, and one of them, they destroyed it. They fired on I, it. I don't think the U.S. military uh, shoots at these things. I do not think they do. That's my personal belief. Well, maybe the military don't, but I got a funny feeling that the, the military personnel would, wouldn't you? If you had a gun and you saw an object coming <laughs> at you, I would, I would, well, you know, I'm not going to just stand I, I, there and say, take me. No, I laughed uh, because I just, wa- I was watching an, an interesting uh, series on a travel channel uh, called something like Aliens in Alaska. And uh, why, what I liked about that, have you ever seen that? It's a bunch of personal accounts of people who uh, often had photos on their iPhones and whatnot. And it's just people telling their stories, but a huge collection of Alaska residents. And it was just funny. One of them was the guy actually made a snowball and threw it, a <laughs> threw the snowball at one of these things that was not too far from him. But. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think uh, some people would shoot first and uh, uh, ask afterwards, you know. If they're around to ask, ask her. Just think about uh, there this. There you go. There There's you go. a lot of people go missing uh, in our country and worldwide where, you know, the FBI, you know, if you look at their statistics, there's serial killers out there. There's murderers out there. People trying to hide. But there's also a percentage of people that just vanish. So, Do you, have you ever interviewed David Politis, uh, missing four one one? He's the guy, the go to guy about disappearances, and it's just interesting because he started out basically uh, uh, looking at the more conventional uh, wisdom of of people disappearing in national parks a lot, and now I've noticed that he's moved more in the direction of uh, <clears throat> supernatural. Uh, possible explanations where uh, most conventional ways of 
looking at these disappearances and solving them uh, just don't seem to have good, easy, conventional explanations. So he's been looking at some of the stranger uh, possibilities for people disappearing. So, uh, And that was one of the tenets of this program uh, talking about uh, Alaska uh, UFO sightings. They claim a lot of people disappear in Alaska, uh, way beyond uh, what seems normal or reasonable. But I don't know, but uh, this is what I've heard. Well, I heard, too, that there's supposed to be a triangle there in Alaska, too, where yeah, these people yeah. go vanishing. And it, it, it is possible. You know, I have had Michio Kaku on the show, and he oh, great. And he really believes, you know, that well, we're very close to cracking another dimension. And he said if we crack the next dimension, things like parallel universes, parallel worlds, and portals would exist. So maybe I, I like Michio. I really like him and respect him because he uh, he's just more open to possibilities. But again, going back to what I was saying earlier, I don't think we have the breadth of concepts or the vocabulary or enough knowledge of physics and the way the universe works uh, t to really get very far beyond very simple basics. You know, we talk about. Inuits or Eskimos having so many words for snow, and most of us only have a few words for that. We need to have more understanding and more concepts, and we can't expect to solve all the mysteries in uh, 2022. It may take us 10,000 years before we have the understanding and the concepts to grasp uh, you, you know, what's go really going on. Well, you know, eventually we'll become will become a level one civilization, and there maybe when we do, maybe they'll make physical contact with us to a point where we know they exist. Now, you've mentioned you've interviewed all these people. Do you have some stories you can share without mentioning their names of some of these cases that you you know talked with these people about? Yes, I do, uh, and that's what I find fascinating with what I've been doing all these years. Uh, you know, just sitting down and talking with people and trying to zero in on some of the more unusual experiences they've had, and it cuts across a lot of categories. But I'll give you an example of people uh, having experiences and not necessarily having ex explanations for them, but they're credible, they're believable. And I'll, I'll give you one example, I, I interviewed a woman uh, not too long ago who felt that she's had some experiences, for example, driving along and seeing lights on an isolated road uh, reflecting in the back window of her car, so on and so forth. Uh, and for the same token, she's had a variety of experiences, some of them uh, a little more paranormal than others, but I, I just will not forget the time that she talked about Pagosa Springs, Colorado, where, where she was living at the time. And they, they were very famous for the hot springs there. And uh, they went to the springs, uh, this woman and a friend of hers, male friend. They had dinner at a restaurant that was in the area. And then they went to the hot pools. And she said that uh, she recalled that they both sat at the edge of this hot pool. And suddenly a bright light came overhead. Uh, for just a few instants and then it disappeared 
And then they suddenly realized they were sitting on the opposite end of the hot tub, hot pool. And it was hours later. And she said that they just absolutely both were convinced that they had switched positions and it was hours later. And uh, she personally believes uh, that uh, she's had some UFO experiences. And I said, is this something you want to explore more? And one possibility is regression and see if, what you could learn from it. And she said no. She was a little too frightened to consider that possibility. But they were absolutely sure, the two of them, that their position switched uh, over over several hours later and something happened to them in the meantime. And I get all kinds of uh, stories of people who do not know the UFO literature they do not know these stories that other people are telling about. And uh, one of my books that I recently wrote uh, is uh, Repeat Experiencers of UFOs and the Paranormal. People who have had a collection of personal experiences. Not just one. Uh, maybe UFOs, maybe paranormal. And um, I did a study of about 40 of these people. Uh, just wondering if you can listen to their stories of all the different sorts of things that they say have happened to them. If, uh, number one, you can learn more about it. Or number two, if uh, uh, if they actually come to any more of an understanding of it themselves. So that, that uh, was one book, a collection of repeat experiences. And by the way, I'm one of those people because I've had... Uh, a wide variety of uh, paranormal types of things happening to me. Oh, so, can I ask you a question? Can you give yeah, an sure. example of one of those paranormal things that has happened yes, to you? Yes, I, I will. I, I want to tell you about the time I had what I call a quintuple synchronicity. And that means not just a simple synchronicity where you suddenly run into somebody that halfway across the world that you suddenly didn't expect to run into this person. This was multiple things happening at once. Are we coming very close to a break yet? Because maybe I could hold that to right after the break. Well, we, we actually have about uh, four minutes before break. All right. I can finish this in four minutes. It's a very interesting story. I was living in Ashland, Oregon. I had a little llama ranch at the time. I developed a series of travel guides to sightseeing by public transportation. So I was going to go from Ashland or Medford, Oregon to New York City at the end of, of, of May and uh, display my uh, travel guides at this book fair. And I stopped in Philadelphia to visit my sister where I grew up, took the train at the end of May to New York City for that weekend for that book fair. And I forgot to say I grabbed the Hemisphere magazine off of United Airlines, the rack, you know, in front of where you're sitting, and I thought, I'll contact them to see if they will uh, maybe want to talk about my travel guide series, you know. So that was the May issue. So I visit my sister. I'm on the train going to New York. I see a sign that says Rahway, New Jersey, and I think to myself, I know somebody who was from Rahway, New Jersey. When I went to Carnegie Mellon for engineering my first year, and this was a senior in a fraternity, and he I remember him telling me he was from Rahway, New Jersey. Okay, I go to the book fair for a couple of days. I get on a plane. This is now June. 
go back to Oregon, and I grab the next issue of Hemispheres magazine. The May I have the May and the June issue. They're in my attaché case. I go home. I go look at the pile of mail. I open up one of them. It says Hemispheres magazine. Look at page so and so. I open it up, and there is a review of my travel guides. Oh, isn't that interesting? Oh, already. Okay, right in that magazine. I go upstairs to look and see. Did I get any orders while I was away on this trip? Sometimes I get an order from Egypt or Spain or Colorado or Mexico. Uh, but here was an order from somebody down the street, <laughs> my town. <laughs> and not only that, it's the same last name as the person who I thought of when I saw the sign Rahway, New Jersey. So I called these people up. I said, or I emailed them. I said, you want me to personally deliver these travel guides to you? Or do you want to come and see a llama ranch? And I said, we'll come and see your ranch. Okay. And then I'm looking at the name. It's the same name of the person who was from Rahway, New Jersey. I emailed him back. I said, could you be that Jan Chaikin from Rahway, New Jersey? Is there any possibility you're that person? I get a phone call. He says, I would be that Jan Chaikin. That was the person that I knew from Carnegie Mellon 42 years earlier. Oh, wow. And he and his wife bought a couple of these travel guides from me because they saw that Hemispheres magazine article and they were doing statistical studies of crime statistics on the New York subway. And they thought, wow, this is interesting. Let's get a couple of these. So we had a reunion. It was really interesting. And I had this combined synchronicity that you could not convince me that this could all just happen by chance. Well, I, sometimes I really think what you went through does happen to people at least a couple of times in their life. And I don't know what causes it. But, you know, I had a weird experience. But I'll mention it after we get back from uh, the okay. break. We'll be back in four minutes with Michael. We're going to talk a little bit more about UFOs and some of the things he's found out in all these years of investigating. So stay tuned. We'll be back. He's one of paleontology's top fossil restorers. He's Joe Taylor, and his unique expertise has been used on many world-class fossils, including the world's largest molds of fossils still in the ground, such as the three complete mammoth skeletons at the Waco Sudden Death Mammoth Site in Waco, Texas. Forty years working in every area of fossils has opened the door to the strange mystery of giant men and the biblical Nephilim, which has opened the door to Bigfoot, UFOs, Mothman, and much more. Joe Taylor's book, Giants Against Evolution, chronicles all of these. You can order Joe's books at www.mtblanco.com or call 806-675-7777. That's 806-675-7777. Joe Taylor's incredible museum is currently adding new and amazing displays. Find out more at www.mtblanco.com. You're listening to my husband, Gary Anderson, on Night Dreams Talk Radio.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
great paranormal talk radio was in the 80s and 90s, Night Dreams Talk Radio brings back to you talk radio like you remember with your host, Gary Anderson, broadcasting to you live from his secret compound deep in the great Northwest. Now, here's Gary. And here I am. You know, one thing, I, I, you know, scientists, even Michio Kaku came up with a theory. We could be living in a hologram. Maybe the universe, the solar system's a hologram. I don't know. Or we're a computer symbolization running. I, I really don't know. But, you know, back years ago, when my kids were young, I took two of my kids for a ride up to Mount Rainier. And we were going, you know, up to Mount Rainier. And, and one of my kids saw a, a sign off the side of the road. Is that hamburgers a buck? And naturally, when you got kids, the first thing they go, hey, let's get a hamburger. So we pulled into this place. And, you know, I've mentioned this on the show before. What was unique about it, it was the same place when I was a young kid. My mm-hmm. my parents and my grandparents would go for their weekly ride. And we'd go up to Mount Rainier quite often because it was a good place to go at stop and have coffee. Not me, but my grandparents anyway. So we'd go in there. And what I noticed that all the cars in the parking lot were old. Hmm. And when we went in there, we sat down, we ordered our food, and people were staring at us. And we were looking at them, and I, I, I said to one of my sons, I said, you know, Ricky, well, you know, they're wearing clothes like what my grandmother would be wearing. The style, you know, it, it was kind of weird. And so we ate and, and, you know, and we left and we didn't think anything of it. We went up to Mount Rainier. I took some pictures of some waterfalls. And I think about a week or two later, you know, we decided I wanted to go back and get some more pictures. And naturally, my kids came with me because they loved these huge hamburgers. They were fantastic. So I said, okay, we can stop at the same place. Well, we go down by the, the on the road and we drive and I don't see it. So I turn around and go back, and then I come back up again. I don't see it. So I I stopped at this little store, and I said, well, there's a cafe diner down the road. And they looked at me, and they said, that hasn't been here for years. It burnt down. Hmm. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could, Could we be actually, you know, everything like UFOs or all this? Could we be in a hologram? Could we be a computer program that's running? Yeah, that's a very interesting story. And uh, in in my series, the the Road to Strange, that I started with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who just was a storehouse of, of paranormal and psychic subjects and UFO subjects as well. We collected a number of stories called Time Slips. And this is a perfect example of it. I, I just wanted to ask you, I, I know this is impossible to recall, but when you went to pay the bill, my God, you must have flashed some really strange money and gotten some strange looks. Uh, but anyway, the, the notion of the time slip is where people, uh, for one reason or another that we can't determine, have slipped into another time, space-time portal, maybe stepped into a so-called portal. Want a sm-
smoother contour and more youthful-looking cheeks? Rediscover a younger-looking you by adding volume to the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC, part of the number one selling collection of dermal fillers based on January 2022 provider survey data. With help from Juvederm Voluma XC and a licensed specialist, you can achieve a more youthful cheek look completely customized for your goals. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And you were lucky enough to be able to step out. Oh, yeah. Uh, what happens? I mean, really, I've heard, and this goes back to this uh, David Politis. Uh, if somebody stumbles into some sort of time portal, I don't know what other word to use for the moment, but they if you don't have a way back out, you're stuck. What happens? Uh, that was really interesting. I was told a story, which is, appears in one of the first two books, that Rosemary and I did together, of uh, two guys that were investigating a crop circle in England. I think it was the so-called scorpion portal, uh, the scorpion-shaped collection of circles. Very, very strange, very, very odd. And so they were both in that, and my friend Ron, who shared the story with me, said to his friend John, who he was with, I'll be right back. I want to go get some film, some more film out of the car. And he starts walking down these tra parallel tram lines. And all of a sudden, the two tram lines merge to a point. He can't find his car anywhere. And he looks up and he sees and hears voices in the distance and sees fires uh, like huts that people were in. And he suddenly realized he thinks he stumbled into some kind of other space-time thing. And... He thought, I better get myself out of there, and he did, and he got back to his friend John. He thought he was gone for a long time. John said, no, you were only gone for about 20 minutes, and he says, come on, come on, I want to. I got to show you this, and they go back. He tried to take him back to see this, and they go back along the tram lines, and where do they wind up? The car where the film was. No more portal, no stumbling into something from the past. Uh, you know, I mean, this is his story, a very interesting one, but I've uh, recorded a number of similar sorts of things where they people stumble into an area that just is not the same space-time. So, my goodness, that's quite the experience that stayed with you your whole life. Well, Did not you... just with me, with my, well, one son passed on, but well, my other son, yeah. we occasionally talk about it because... It was so unique. And when, you know, we went back after the, we went to the store, uh, I think it was McCleary or something like that, that area. Uh, when we came back and we were looking where she said the place was, we could see the remains of what was left of the building. It looked like it, at one point it burnt down. So, I mean, you know, it was like, wow. I mean, could you imagine being stuck in a different time? Yes. And can you imagine what these other people must have thought? Uh, to to them, they they would have thought of you as ghosts or spirits. Uh, 
Well, you, you know, know uh, it, or ETs even, because you would look so different and so strange. I mean, the people would look uh, to, to alien. Now, I've collected two or three stories like that. It's very similar, parallel stories. So, uh, and the people telling them are sincere. They uh, seem like they believe what they're saying. Uh, they seem credible. And yet we have repeat stories that are similar. So what are we to make of that? Well, I do believe whatever happened, it was really strange to go from the the late 80s to go back into the 60s like that. And, you know, could you imagine what they were thinking about looking at us, you know, looking at me and my sons? And then we we had an AMX, you know, Javelin AMX, and that car probably was really freaky to them. So, I mean, they were just staring at us like, where and, you know, where did they come from? Maybe they thought we were ETs. I don't know. Well, yeah. And, and you're lucky you got out of there and you got back to the current space time. You might. What if you had never been able to? come back ah yeah i don't want to think i don't want to think about that i don't want to think about that i mean how many (laughs) people scary how many people maybe that happens to they go in they stay a little bit too long or the it changes the portal closes and they're stuck there well here's the spooky thing gary we're hearing more of these stories we're hearing more uh appearances of if you think about the uh that famous skinwalker ranch in Utah, from Bigelow used to own that. <clears throat> you know, the Skinwalker? Did you ever have any guests talking about the Skinwalker uh, Ranch? Oh, yeah. He's, he, that is yeah. really scary yeah. when you think about it. Well, uh, the, the notion is that uh, they informally, the scientists that were on the project, informally, because they had no scientific study, uh, equipment got destroyed. Uh, they never could really produce a bona fide, really good scientific report of all of it. All they could do is walk away with anecdotal type of evidence. But what they were experiencing, they thought, at least I've heard in a couple instances, of uh, beings apparently sort of uh, going in and out of a of a portal, uh, uh, <clears throat> like a doorway you know, in a little section of the skies, just stepping out of it into the current space-time realities. I think there could be a lot more of this than people realize, and I wonder if the incidence of this sort of thing is on the increase. I don't know, but we hear these stories. Well, yeah, you know, even Bruce McAbee, I was going to say, you know, of Skinwalker Ranch, he claims that there is a signal coming out of the underground of that ranch, beaming up into the universe? Well, they are, uh, the, uh, the current owner, I was watching that series on uh, the Travel Channel, I believe, the Skinwalker Ranch, they were really afraid of digging. And they, they uh, like Bruce said, they uh, took measurements uh, in the air above the Skinwalker Ranch and got readings, unusual readings, sort of like focal points of uh, energy beams. They didn't know what it was, but it spooked them out. Uh, I think uh, we may have uh, a a much greater presence of this sort of thing than meets the eye, and we have very little ways of understanding it, explaining it, and even talking about it. That's why sometimes I wonder if we are really existing 
and not some type of computer program. I mean, you know, I have noticed a lot of scientists, you know, when it goes to black holes, to whatever they start or the universe, they start saying, well, maybe the universe is a hologram. Maybe this is a hologram or this is a computer. I don't know. It gets to a point where your mind can't comprehend actually because we're not intelligent enough yet to figure it out. So the excuse is to say it's a hologram. Well, Gary, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, that my take on it is we don't have the concepts, the understanding, the vocabulary to really grasp an overall picture. It's one thing to think in terms of zeros and ones and stringing together computer language to make our electronics work and do what we want from our iMacs to our iPhones, but to now begin to try to explain let alone comprehend to any degree of the complexity of what consciousness is and how this is related to the notion of, of um, uh, you know, uh, what, do you, what would you call it, uh, a model of the universe, let's just say. It's just we're, we're not there yet. I just don't think we have the, the tools. I think we're like chimps chimpanzees you know just we don't have well i mean you know i'm not saying it in a demeaning way we're just not that far advanced yet to have to be able to deal with these concepts uh like i say earth air fire and water i sure wish we had a few more categories but i just don't know how far we are along i don't know i don't think we are now hawkins before he passed on pleaded to civilization, we shouldn't be, be giving our address out to the universe. Because, like you said, you don't know who could come knocking. How do you feel about that? Well, I think uh, it's it's a little bit moot at this point. Because, uh, gosh, I Love Lucy is probably being watched all across the galaxy uh, as we speak. And maybe uh, garnering a little laughter uh, or not. But uh, you're, you're right. Uh, we, uh, you know, we're, we're, we, we strew trash in our wake. Uh, we have trash surrounding our planet. We have broadcast uh, waves of radio and TV and all sorts of wavelengths emanating, radiating off of this planet. It's all well and good that Stephen Hawking says, hey, maybe we should be a little bit more quiet. But I think it's a little too late for that. And yeah. maybe the uh, nuclear explosions got attention. That The theory is that that was noticed. Well, that's possible. Hopefully we don't get any in the near future. I, and that's, yeah. yeah, that's what kind of scares me of the society. Could you imagine ETs, really, they would be puzzled with humanity. I mean, especially if they are stuck listening to these old radio shows or watching. I mean, could you imagine what they would think of us? And if they came down and and actually monitored us for a while and see all these wars going on worldwide constantly and how we treat other humans, I don't know if they would have a good impression about us. Yeah, and I agree. And I I think they probably feel if if there are millions of years... Uh, advanced from us, evolved, that, uh, you know, we, we do come off uh, uh, seeming fairly primitive. On the other hand, 
it must be fairly interesting to them and they would have the curiosity to uh, want to learn about us uh, which leads me to an interesting thing that happened one time uh, MUFON which I'm a member of and uh, was a state director for Hawaii for years when I lived in Hawaii and uh, Walt Andrus appointed me actually as ambassador at large for MUFON which I still kind of hold that title it's when I was doing a lot of traveling around the world and doing uh, liaison and talking about MUFON and getting to know a lot of these researchers on a first-name basis. But what was interesting, one day we had this circle of uh, people in ufology who have three minutes each to ask a question and uh, uh, to, uh, to answer a question on a topic. And the question that came up was, if you had one question to ask an alien, what would your question be? And be careful, don't say, how are you doing? Because you'll use up your question. <laughs> Gary, what would your question be? And then I'll tell you what my response was to that. Well, you don't want my question is, do I have yes, to... No, do, no, no, I do. Okay, I do. do I have to furnish yeah. my own barbecue sauce? That's my question. You could say, where can I get the best barbecue sauce in the universe? Okay, I mean, you know, might be a waste of the question. Well, my answer was, got to me, and I had my one or two or three minutes, and I said to the, I, I said, I would say to the alien, okay, you've been around longer than I have, than we have here. You probably have a better idea. What questions should I be asking you if you were me? That would be, that was my response. That's a very good one, too. And would you be scared what they would come back with, though? Oh, you know it, uh, I mean, I'd like to think that I would be open-minded and not frightened, not scared, but, my goodness, it sure can bring the fear out of you. Now, have you interviewed somebody who claimed that they were abducted and, and told you a horror story and you believed it? I uh, don't recall specific... Uh, I mean, I've heard a lot. I'm not saying that I've necessarily interviewed... Uh, many people about specific abduction experiences, but I've had people feel as if they had likely been abducted. I told you that story of the woman and her uh, friend that were in that hot pool at the springs. Uh, I've been I've heard a lot of stories, especially among the forty or so people who have had repeat experiences, who feel that they've had interactions with aliens. Uh, they have not specifically the ones that I focused on in this uh, book uh, specifically outlined in detail uh, specific interactions that they claimed that they had with aliens but they their stories suggested to me that they had per some periods of missing time and had some sorts of interactions that they didn't really fully understand so to answer your question no, I really didn't uh, get into depth with people about abduction experiences per se, but I did interview people who seemed to have some interactions possibly with aliens uh, in the circumstances that they described to me in their stories. Well, you know, what I have found doing this so long is yeah. that I'm getting more people 
contacting me, claiming that they have been abducted. And it's more than it ever has been. It's just on a weekly basis. I'll get a couple of people. I was abducted and they want to come on the show and tell their story. You know, it is in, it, it's gotten really maybe because we're being more open about ufology, about UFOs, uh, than we ever have been as a society. Maybe people, you know, are coming more forward. I don't know. Bingo. I think you're, uh, on to something there and uh, of course it's hard to know how to take these reports but i've been hearing around speculation well it seems like the abductions have dropped off but here you're telling me another thing people that have these experiences when you go to the mufon symposia you know where you have hundreds and hundreds of people or eureka springs or some of the other ones you know half the audience claims that they at least felt that they saw something strange in the sky. And then many of those people in the audiences have had what they felt were maybe abduction experiences. They're there because they want to understand it more. Uh, They're not necessarily there to get up and stand in front of a microphone and say, "This look, this is what happened to me. They're there because they want to understand what it is that happened to them. Those people, if you could pluck a few of them out of an audience and uh, approach them and say, how would you, would you like to share your story? You know, they're not pushing it on people. It's hard to know exactly what the motivation is of some people, you know, who come forward with stories, and some of it is so far-fetched, it's hard to know what to accept as true and what's not. But, but it is a phenomenon, and for whatever it's worth, we need to really look and see what's motivating these people to come forward and talk about things that may or may not be true. You know, it's just part of it. Well, you know, for the people, there's no real good place to go if somebody was abducted. Yeah, you can call it MUFON, but I, you know, I one of my hosts is a director of Ohio MUFON. There's not uh-huh. really a place set up where you can sit there and say, Hey, I was abducted, and this is what happened to me. There's no government agency you can call. I mean, you know, you can call your, I guess, your doctor and say, "Hey, you know, I don't know." And the a lot of people that have had the abduction experience, that is in their mind, and they're scared, they're terrified. They, don't, the majority of them, don't want to be abducted again, and they're paranoid that it could happen to them or their family or their loved ones. And they have to carry that the rest of their life. And that, that is and, and scary. Good, you make a really good point. Uh, and I, I'd like to emphasize that. You really make a very, very good point. And that is this sort of uh, more openness of late uh, where people are led to believe, you know, you're not crazy like you thought maybe uh, people would think you are. You know, with the Navy coming forward like that, we're going to expect more people to step forward because they're less fearful of ridicule, and more interested in trying to understand what happened to them. So, yeah, you know, that could account for us hearing more about it recently because of this sort of more permissive attitude, like, well, you're not as crazy as people would think you are, you know. Oh, you're right. Hey, our time is up. Do you have a website, any book, anything you want to share? Yeah, yes, thank you very much. Uh, my website, www.michaelbryan.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-R-E-I-N, 
com. If you go there, you can see the variety of books on my Road to Strange UFO and Paranormal series. Uh, you can then go right to Amazon or your favorite place and get an ebook if you like, or you can get uh, my uh, signature on these books with a little note to you, and I will send them to you personally. So if you go to that website, look around, you're interested in any of it, you can get an ebook, which is much less expensive, or you can get even a signed book set of the series that I co-authored the first two books with Rosemary Ellen Guiley and she passed away and I continued the book series with two more giant books <laughs> she said to me she used to say Michael when you publish your books make them about 250 pages well the third book in the series is about 600 pages <laughs> and the fourth book in the series is 700 pages uh, full of these stories and my take on a lot of it uh, so I think you would find it interesting, my unique perspective as a psychologist involved in this whole subject matter. So there you go. This has been a most enjoyable evening talking on your program. Well, Michael, I want to thank you, and I want you to have a great weekend, will you? Thank you, and uh, great experiences you shared. I appreciate you sharing them. Okay. Thanks for having me as a guest. Okay, sir. You take care. Well, uh, James, who do we have next Monday and Tuesday on the show lined up? Well, <clears throat> next Monday, we're going to have Joe Taylor coming on now. He's going to be talking about giants, giants from the past. What, what are they? What could they be? Now, that's Monday. Tuesday, we're going to have Jill Heiner coming on. Now, she is a cave diver from Canada. She was even on the old Art Bell show. She's going to be talking about some of her experiences. So that's going to be a good one, too. And then Wednesday, we have Major Edward A. Dames on the show. He's a remote viewer, world-renowned, and we're going to find out what maybe the future is going to be. And we're going to have a very interesting show And you don't want to miss on the, the 2nd of March. Again, we have Major Edward uh, Dames on. We're going to be talking about remote viewing. Well, don't forget, tomorrow, Thomas will be on for an hour and a half now, instead of an hour, at 7 p.m., at 10 p.m. Eastern. And then uh, Bob Clark will be on Sunday. And uh, who's his guest on Sunday? Stephen Bassett. He's going to be talking about uh, UFOs and the state of disclosure today. Well, everybody, you have a great weekend. I will catch you on Monday. Don't forget, you can watch or listen to us on the uh, weekend on the show. And don't forget, if you didn't give us a thumbs up on YouTube, please do tell your friends about us. And next week, uh, I'm not sure which day, we're going to be on TikTok Live also. One of our little video clips went viral on TikTok and had and within 24 hours had 33,000 or 34,000 almost 35,000 hits on it. So I mean that is going to be a different listenership uh, I can guarantee you on that. Well, everybody have a good one. We will catch you well tomorrow and on Sunday everybody have a good one.
This is a St. Jude moment. Ashton was a high-level athlete, and in a, an instant, your world flips, and your healthy five-year-old competitive cheerleader has a brain tumor. And the physician was like, your best option is St. Jude. Receiving treatment that was life-saving for our child and knowing that that treatment would be of no cost to us was a huge weight lifted. Learn more at stjude.org. When it comes to fitness, what's real? How about when it really, truly fits your life? That's how Anytime Fitness sees it. Because our coaches see you. It's how they build personal plans that work wherever you are and focus on everything that matters, from fitness to nutrition to recovery, all so you can push yourself further than ever or just through the next rep. It's total 360 support for a real difference. That's Anytime Fitness. That's Real AF. Visit anytimefitness.com. This episode is brought to you by Welly Health, your favorite first aid brand. A lot of things can get in the way of your day. Colds, allergies, pain. Luckily, Welly now has over-the-counter medicines and drug-free supplements to help with all of that. And it's all made with trusted, science-backed ingredients you need while avoiding the things you don't. So get the relief you need and get right back to it with Welly Medicines and Supplements. To take 15% off your purchase, use the code GETWELLY at getwelly.com. For the love of fall, Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin cream cold brews are back. Smooth espresso dashed with pumpkin pie spice and velvety whipped cream. Or cold brew topped with pumpkin cream cold foam fit for the season. Your pumpkin awaits. Order today in the Starbucks app.
Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot, is very much alive and well. That's what W.J. Sheehan reveals in his great nine-book series, Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters. His book covers hundreds of Bigfoot accounts from his global archives. The series is available on Amazon in paperback and e-books. Also, the audiobooks are available on Audible and Amazon. You know, Bigfoot is out there. Also, join W.J. Sheehan on his weekly Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods podcast, available on most apps. From author Paul Wallace comes The Scars of Eden. Has humanity confused the idea of God with memories of E.T. contact? Do our world mythologies convey our ancestors' ideas about God, or are they in reality memories of extraterrestrial contact? How do ancient stories of contact, adaption, and abduction relate to people's experiences today? The Scars of Eden will take you around the world to hear firsthand from our ancestors, contemporaries, and renowned researchers. Recent revelations from the Navy, the Pentagon, and French intelligence bring the reader right up to date. The Scars of Eden, available on Amazon. Did you know Night Dreams Talk Radio can promote your product or service? And it will be heard by one of the largest audiences in paranormal talk radio. Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com or go to our main webpage and use the contact box at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. Remember how great paranormal talk radio was in the 80s and 90s? Night Dreams Talk Radio brings back to you talk radio like you remember. With your host, Gary Anderson. Broadcasting to you live from his secret compound deep in the great Northwest. Now... Here's Gary. And here I am. Well, it is the 24th of February. Just going to roll into March in a few days. Boy, time is going by fast. Well, I wanted to take a minute to say that my heart goes out to everybody in Ukraine because what they're going through with the invasion of Russia. I tell you, this thing is really getting out of control so fast. Now, today... China was kind of threatening the United States because they have an agreement, a military agreement with Russia. Putin is kind of like threatening us, too. Again, you know, that any country that kind of steps in to help the Ukraine is going to suffer the worst of any any anything ever happened in the past. He has been mentioning nukes, too. So I, you know, I. It, it is a really a scary thing that's going on, and I tell you, it's, it keeps escalating. Well, the Ukraine army actually got one of the airfields back today after it was taken away from them by Russia, uh, and they defeated the, the troops and pushed the Russian troops back and drove them off out of the uh, airfield. And in the news, well, scientists have come up to, well, figured maybe what is in a black hole? 
you know, they keep saying, well, I wonder what is in the black hole. Now, some scientists are saying it could just be a hologram. What do you think about that one? That's a good excuse, isn't it? We don't know what's in it. You come out, it's a hologram. That is a good, that seems to be the umbrella for everything. We don't know, or it's a hologram. Uh, Gary, how many guests that we had on that had some pretty out there things about uh, uh, their ideas, and, and, well, it could be a hologram. But listen, you know, these black holes, Gary, we just don't know. You remember we they thought nothing could come out of them, and, and you reported, well, there was something coming out of them. Oh, yeah. You know, the interesting thing is if we went into the black hole, you know, like if you were overweight, you won't have to worry about it very long because if you go in the black hole, you know, you're not going to feel pain at the start, but you'll notice your arms are getting longer. Your legs are getting longer. Your whole body is stretching and you're kind of floating there. And it's just kind of a weird thing. I don't know. I don't care about black holes as long as I don't get sucked into one. Well, again, another UFO was reported in Pakistan, and it's supposed to have been over a major city for over two hours. Now, I look at the picture, and to me, it looks just like a dust spot on a a sensor of a camera. But again, you know, these pictures of UFOs are popping up everywhere, and it seems like when there is a war going on, James, I don't know if you noticed, but there's more sightings of UFOs around the world. You are absolutely correct on that. I have actually have noticed this, and other people have said it. Anytime there's any kind of a war or scrimmages going on, there's a lot more sightings popped up, especially around the area. So I'm curious if you know what's going on now. If there's going to be more stuff, more sightings. Uh, reported even you when you were uh, uh, did your little tour i believe there was a lot of oh yeah in nam yes there was plenty of you know supposedly that uh, troops fired at the uh ufo and it fired back with our own ammunition figure that one out Uh, again yeah you know we'll see what happens here because like i just said you know there's more sightings of ufos when there's battles going on but again it kind of puzzles me if all these people claim that they've been abducted, James, and they mm-hmm. they spread, well, you gotta you gotta take care of the planet. You gotta show love to other human beings. Why don't they step in and stop what's going on? I mean, if they want to, you know, they're showing themselves evidently, right, with the sightings of UFOs. They're not scared to show themselves. Why don't they go the next step and say, okay, guys, you know what? We're not going to let this happen. You literally took the words out of my mouth because that that is such a good point. There's two sides of it, and there's a lot of people say, "Oh, they're here to help us in case you know something really happens." But here's a perfect example: that the pandemic and these wars. I mean, what other opportunity do you need to step in? So well, there it is. But I just don't see it happening myself. Well, you know what? It would sure prove they exist if they did that. Oh, my goodness, would it ever. What a perfect opportunity. I mean, how many opportunities can they get? Unless now there's some people that say, well, maybe they want us to wipe ourselves out and, you know, just sit back and let the animals uh, kill themselves. Who knows? Yeah, Antarctica. They supposedly, again, depending on, you know, one of the publications out there, said that they found E.T., you know, the little gray bodies in Antarctica. And that just was hitting the news this morning. 
Yeah, what? Listen, that would be something to have a whole video and, and pictures of that little outbreak, wouldn't it? But there's been reports for years, and you know we've had guests on here reporting the very same thing with these ETs in Antarctica. Oh, yeah, I know. So tonight we've got a good show. We got W.J. Sheehan back on. We're going to talk about, well, new stories and things that he's found out since the last time he was on about Yeti, the Bigfoot. The hairy man. No, I'm not talking about your husband that doesn't shave. We're talking about the big creature. So we'll be right back. So stay tuned. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Night Dreams. Meet the totally ninja raccoons. Three raccoons who become ninjas because they already have the masks. The Totally Ninja Raccoons books are short adventures with quick chapters, specially structured to encourage reluctant readers. Each book has the Totally Ninja Raccoons encountering a cryptid. The monsters are presented in a fun, not-so-scary way. I said not so scary. <sighs> Readers are encouraged to do their own research and make up their own minds about the possible existence of Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, aliens, and more. The Totally Ninja Raccoons are available on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. You can buy autographed copies direct from the author at kevincoolidge.org. That's kevincoolidge.org for the Totally Ninja Raccoons. Hi, this is Val Von Torn of Metatron Power and Light. You're listening to Gary Anderson and Night Dreams Talk Radio. Well, thank you, Val, from Metatron Power and Light. Boy, I tell you, I love their music. Well, James, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about our guest here tonight? Well, our guest tonight is William Sheehan. Now, he has, since a very young age, has had an interest in Bigfoot. Now, this has led to his extensive research, and he has authored many books on the subject as well. Now, William continues to this day to gather reports and sightings from all over North America. Well, W.J., how are you doing, my friend? Marvelous, my friend, marvelous. And how about you, fellas? Well, I'm alive, and any day I can find my car keys when I get up, let alone my shoes, I'm doing great. I haven't stuck my car keys in the freezer in, gee, a year. Uh, well, you're ahead of the game. When you start sticking your car keys in the freezer, it's almost time to check out, my friend. Yeah, I know. Isn't that Yeah, I tell you, it's kind of like embarrassing, too. Like, you, you tear yeah. that, you have your wife and your family everywhere looking for your keys, right? Right. And, and you know, so he goes, you know what? I'm going to get an ice cream bar. And they open up the freezer and there's the keys right there. By, and I remembered I went and got an ice cream bar out of the freezer and I must have had the keys in my hand and set them there for a minute and forgot. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're not getting any younger, Gary. So uh, I guess we should prepare ourselves for battle. Uh, I t- I disagree with that. Okay, you know you're born right naked, right? And then you go through the stage where you wear diapers. Uh huh. Okay, then you start growing hair and teeth, right? Now, yeah. now when you go a certain age, right? Instead of growing hair, now you're losing hair, except yeah. for your nostrils, and, and, and then you start losing your teeth. But yeah. one thing is in common when you're born. Diapers. 
Yeah, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> and, uh, I've experienced uh, several of the above already, so... <laughs> well, as long as you're not in the diaper stage, we're okay. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's good to be back with you guys. And, you know, I was talking to James a little while ago when we were doing a, a sound check, and I told him I came into a uh, beautiful uh, track cast uh, ascertained by a husband and wife hiking team. Uh, they do a lot of uh, hiking around uh, Washington State and Oregon. And I have this cast in my possession now. My God, is it? it's just an incredible thing to look at. Uh, about 15 inches long and perhaps uh, 7 inches or so behind the ball of the, the toes. And uh, I was saying to James, you know, when you have something like this in your hands and you're up close and personal with it, Whatever needs this foot to be supported uh, has to be massive, uh, not only just to support the sheer weight, but the width of it for balance, you know, uh, to steady it. Uh, it's just incredible to see it. And it's really uh, it's got really good form to it. You can see the toes. And uh, I just said to myself, you know, it's just more of what we're looking for. Uh, as far as evidence, you know, f a fantastic thing to have in your possession. Oh, it is. Now, I got to ask you a question. What's the width of it? Well, it's about seven inches behind the toes. Uh, and then the heel, I'd say the heel is a good three and a half inches. So it's a substantial uh, platform uh, for some. Now, I've heard uh, tail of uh, some tracks being found that were upwards of two feet, 24, 22, 20 inches. So if this is 15, uh, I don't know if this is junior or mom or whatever, but I don't want to meet uh, Big Brother with the 22-inch uh, footprint. I would not either. Now, I got to ask you a question. How long are the toes, and how fat are they compared to, like, human toes? Okay, I'm holding this thing in my hand right now as we speak. Uh, I'd estimate each toe to be uh, somewhere between two and a half to three inches. Uh, I'd say the great toe is probably better than two inches wide, and some of the lesser toes working your way down maybe an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half wide. So, you know, those are pretty stout toes. Yeah, it sounds like the, the pinky is as big as our big toe. Yeah, well, no, definitely, in fact, a little bigger or, or maybe a little longer, not uh, much wider. But for the small toe, you know, uh, it's just incredible, you know, to have it and to see it, you know, uh, uh, and there's people out there, Gary, there are people out there every day of the week uh, doing their diligence, uh, some accidentally and some, you know, combing the woods and the forests, uh, looking for evidence and looking for things, you know, and by God, they're coming up with it. Well, you know what? I figured a way we can maybe go out, me and you could go out and capture a Bigfoot. Well, first of all, if you and I go out, you got to carry me. Well, I was going to say you got to carry me because I only got one good leg. But 
<laughs> we can take our wheelchairs out together. How's that? <laughs> now, what I figured out, okay, do you know anybody that works in wholesale foods where we can get like about 10 gallons of peanut butter? <laughs> what we'll I do, was... we'll, we'll take my producer with uh, us and we'll just smear peanut butter from him from head to toe. <laughs> and then he'll have a loaf of bread in his hand. And we'll just have him sit on a, a, a stump somewhere. And then when a Bigfoot comes, you get the net and throw over him. And I'll take a picture. And then James is going to be in the net with the Bigfoot. What's left of him? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I can hear you, you know. <laughs> I think James would have something to say about that. Ah, he's the producer. He does what the boss tells him to do in reason. You know, I have some real interesting things uh, to talk about tonight. And, you know, I always say that, you know, anything relative to Bigfoot is interesting to me. But uh, I have some stuff running from the bizarre to the evidential side where you're left saying and, – and, in fact, the – the first little uh, account I'm going to talk to you about and the listeners, there was no Bigfoot sighted. But I want to tell you what happened, and then you tell me uh, what you think happened. Because I already have my mind made up about this, and you know what I'm thinking before I even say it. But I had this fellow who's a truck driver here in the Northeast, and uh, he runs produce, potatoes, uh pretty much from like Maine to Florida, depending what the season is doing. And he befriended a bunch of guys up in Mars Hill in Maine. Uh, and he has a kind of uh, tongue in cheek uh, nickname for him. He calls them the maniacs. And uh, he has quite a friendship with these guys. And uh, the fellow's name is Daryl, the truck driver. Uh, he's also a bow hunter here in New York State. And the maniacs uh, had asked him to come up for a bow hunt. And uh, so as it plays out, uh, they bring him into this woods area, uh, an area that is laced with like cranberry bushes, uh, tight, tightly knit, packed uh, spruce trees. And he told me that they had set up in two pairs, four guys, two pairs, and they actually flipped a coin because these guys had spied out a 10-point buck in one area and an 8-point in the other. So they were going to flip for who was going to stake out which area first. Anyways, when he got into the woods with them, he said that the woods was so tight that when you were walking, you could be 10 feet from a road and not even know it. And But these guys, knowing the area, had a couple of clearings within the woods that they knew where they were and how to get to them. So they had two in one clearing and two in the other. So as it pans out, the first day, they put an arrow in this deer. And they were looking around for it. A couple of hours of time was spent trying to find this deer. And they chalked it up as being lost. Now, when they got back together with the other group, they told them they put an arrow in this eight-pointer. Couldn't find it. They also confessed to Daryl that this was the first time in all of their hunting there 
that they didn't find what they shot. So the next day, they switched positions. On a busy construction site, things can be misinterpreted. Bring in the bulldozer. It can sound a lot like... Building looks mediocre. The signs need a do-over. Or even... Install a roller coaster? Okay. Be on the same page at every stage with Autodesk. From the designers to the field crew to the owner of the finished building. Autodesk Construction Cloud gives everyone clarity. Now, can we actually bring in the bulldozer? At Lexia, we know literacy changes lives. As the gateway to the future for every student, literacy can boost their confidence and help them realize their full potential. Based on the science of reading, our literacy programs, along with all of those dedicated educators, can change the path of students' lives forever. We believe literacy can and should be for all. That's why at Lexia, we're all for literacy. Daryl and the other fella went into the field where the 10-pointer was seen, and the other guys went back to the other location. Well, Daryl gets a chance to get a shot at this 10-pointer. The problem was Daryl tried to get to his feet as this thing was getting closer to them in this clearing. And before he could get a good shot off, the deer started to bolt and he let go with the arrow. So he thought he got a decent shot at it, but he also thought he hit bone. Well, they start tracking this thing. And when they finally catch up with the area they believe the deer fell, Here's this blood on the ground. They find half of a foreleg and a snapped off piece of the antler. No deer. So they're looking at this thing and uh, the fellow with him is saying there's no way a bear caught up with this thing. And a bear would not uh, do this type of damage and then leave with the rest of it. I have to ask you, what do you think did that? I think it was a Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, and they were befuddled because none of these guys had ever made any claims to have seen a Bigfoot or or necessarily believe in a Bigfoot. But they were left in a quandary uh, being avid hunters and living up there in the woods. I mean, these guys are motocross, bike riders, hunters. You know, they got stuff up there that we dream about riding around on. Uh, because there's nobody else to tell them otherwise. You know, they could go out and shoot, bow hunt, do whatever they want. Uh, and they have no sightings or no instances where they even claim that they've seen a Bigfoot or a Bigfoot exists. Now, i got to ask you a question, uh, WJ. How about sounds? Have they ever been, when they've been out in the woods, have they ever mentioned anything about hearing weird sounds or samurai sounds like what... Ron Moorhead has captured or, or, or weird, you know, sounds in general. Well, I didn't get down that road with Daryl and he didn't share any information in that regard. So whether they had in the past or not, they didn't say anything to him. But uh, Daryl ran it by me because he's a believer having never seen one. And uh, he said, you know, I had to tell you about the story because I hear about uh, uh, guys finding deers with limbs broken, broken necks, uh, this and that. And I thought I would just tell you what happened to us. So they had one that got away that they got a good shot on. 
Uh, and these guys said this is the first time they have never been able to locate the animal. And the second time they find a limb and a broken antler and a puddle of blood where they know this animal dropped and no animal. Well, that right there is unique because if another animal, you know, like <clears throat> like a bear or a mountain lion or a cougar, you know, depending on what part of the country, it would have had to either drag the, you know, deer. Right. And, and there would have been blood. And it, you could definitely tell it. But if a Bigfoot was in the area, it saw the thing, you know, drop. Hey, guess what? I don't have to go to the supermarket and picks it up and runs off with it. Right. Now, I think the last time we were together, I told you about my friend Rick up in Alberta. Uh, he's a moose hunter, uh, a moose guide. Uh, during uh, one of his Bigfoot encounters, he had dropped a moose in the middle of a cut, a cut line in the woods. And while he was looking at the kill, a Bigfoot emerged walking along the edge of this cut line out of the woods and just ducked back in and walked away. Now, he knew what he saw. I mean, this guy's a freaking moose hunter in Alberta. He knows he's looking at a Bigfoot. And we had a discussion, and I said to him, you know, I've been of the opinion for a long time that I believe these creatures know what a gunshot is now and what a gunshot does. And I think they're kind of on the ball as far as maybe taking a shot at something when it's dropped and seeing what they can get away with. Now, I do have a couple of accounts. Oh, we really won't be talking about them today, where guys have sighted uh, Bigfoot coming up on a kill. Uh, so I happen to know, if you believe these people, and I do, that uh, this is actually happening. Well, I believe it. You know, again, there's been hunters out there, right, where they don't find much of the remains of the hunter. They find his rifle, maybe his hat, a little bit of clothing. But there's been cases, documented cases, like like the gun, the barrel of the gun was, like, bent. Yeah. And I don't know anybody, really, the typical person could take a gun barrel and just bend it like that. No, no, that's happened many times. And, in fact, uh, I have a fellow that was camping hunting, uh, and he had a quad. Uh, and when he woke up, he didn't hear anything. He didn't smell anything, no hooting, no hollering. When he woke up, something had hammered a stick into the barrel of his gun that was hanging on the quad. <laughs> That's kind of weird, huh? Well, they didn't want that gun to go off. Yeah, I mean— you talk about sending a message or, or again, having enough intellect to know what comes out of that barrel and maybe just sending a little message uh, that, you know, I know you are here or we know you're here and uh, we're not too happy about it. Yeah. And again, he didn't see anything, didn't smell anything, uh, nothing during the night. He just got up and saw this stick banged in the barrel of his gun that was in the scabbard on the quad. Well, WJ, we need to take a break. We'll be back in three minutes. We're going to talk all tonight here about Bigfoot, the hairy man, Yeti, whatever they are, the skunk ape. Oh, God, it reminds me of my ex-father-in-law. Anyway, we'll be right <laughs> back, so stay tuned. Now, on Fridays, you can call in and talk to Gary and his guest. 
Gary will open the call lines at 8 p.m. Pacific time each Friday. To call into the show south of the Rockies, the number is 1-253-203-6681. That's 1-253-203-6681. East of the Rockies, the number to call in is 1-253-203-6777. That's 1-253-203-6777. Knowledge Apocalypse, 10 year anniversary edition, now available. Most ancient cultures speak of a time when their gods visited them. They never say their gods came from across the ocean or from the mountains, they always came down from the skies. Was ancient man visited by gods or extraterrestrials? We have not been told the full truth about our human past. There was a time when all the ancient cultures lived amongst beings they considered their gods. The search for truth leads us down the path of learning where the ETs might come from and why they are here. To understand some of these advanced topics and learn the truth about human origins, buy the new book by Jason Martell, Knowledge Apocalypse, now in its 10-year anniversary edition. Available at Amazon.com. Dreams Talk Radio brings back Bumper Music Fridays from emerging new bands. If you'd like to have your band's music played as bumper music on Night Dreams Talk Radio, it must be an original piece of music you or your band wrote, and you must give us a release to use it on air. Contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com or go to our show's website at 
nightdreamstalkradio.com and click on the message box. Coming to you live and covering all time zones like a glove. Here's Gary Anderson on Night Dreams Talk Radio. And I am here with uh, WJ. Now, you know, again, we were just talking about break. You know, they have found not the remains of hunters that went bye-bye out in the woods, but they have found their weapons. Like I mentioned, the, the barrels of the gun bent, you know, tore up clothing and stuff like that. Again, you know, I, I don't know. I... I don't know if I really would really want to run across a Bigfoot again. You know, I, I just, some people think they're, they're, they give off orbs. They're lovable creatures. You know, I don't know. It's just like, you know, people, you got good, bad people. You also, maybe if you're in an area where they're not familiar with human, they might look at, well, you're, you're competing with them or you're, you're, you know, they, they might want to dispose of you. I don't know. Yeah, it's bizarre, Gary. And, you know, uh, there's a certain amount of ignorance, too, in that uh, I had an account where a shotgun was found broken. Uh, but the the ignorance comes in in this form. The gun was a double barrel and could be separated into two pieces by somebody who just knew how to break it and slide it apart. Uh, but the creature had broken the gun in half rather than take it apart. You follow what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So it could have been separated by anybody who was mechanically inclined or had ever seen a a, a, a breakdown shotgun before, could have just opened it up and slid one end off the other, which you would do to put it away in your case. But this creature didn't know how to do that and was just PO'd and broke it. So that's kind of, I mean, if it wanted to, it could have just taken the thing apart and took the two pieces and thrown them 100 yards into the woods in two different directions, you know? Well, so it, that's, it, that's an oddity, you know? It just tells me that, you know, they don't understand understand mechanical things. Why would they? Yeah. that yeah. That's the point. Some people out there, that's what they don't digest in their head. They're not humans. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I don't believe they're humans. You know, I've always said... I think there's two things going on here. Uh, I think there's uh, something that's interdimensional or from another place. And I think there's an actual living animal. So I think one is mimicking the other. uh, And, of course, the living animal is the real deal that's leaving these tracks like the one I have next to me as we speak. Uh, But, you know, when we speak about tracks, I'm going to bring you to a place now that you've never been. Okay. Because this is this is one of the freakiest uh, accounts I have ever come across, and I'm just going to lay it on you as I got it, and uh, you and I can take it for what it is or throw it in the trash. But these two fellas in uh, October, Western Pennsylvania, deliberately went out on their quads on some fire trails because it was muddy and snotty out. And that's the way they wanted it, to rat race around, mud flying, coats on, you know, having a good old time. So they're coming around this one fire trail. And lo and behold, here comes this Bigfoot crossing up ahead of them across the trail and going up a hill to their right into the trees. 
So they look at each other as anyone would, approach it slowly, look up. They don't see it, but they decide they're going to go around on the trail the best they could to get up where they believe it's going. When they get up there, dig this. There's a guy leaning against a tree. He's wearing a white T-shirt, a pair of blue jeans cuffed up, and what they describe to me as being white boat sneakers. He's got his hair greased back like a 50s greaser, and he's smoking a cigarette leaning on the tree. Now, these guys, it's October, western Pennsylvania. It's cold. They're wearing coats, helmets, gloves, riding around in the mud. And here's this guy. So they pull up on him, and they kill the quads, and they start a conversation with him. But he's not answering them. So they ask him, where do you live? How did you get here? And he says, I live over there. And he points like in a a direction to them. And they're looking at each other like, man, this is freaking weird. But they're (laughs) not saying anything. Then they realize that the cigarette the guy is smoking is not burning down. It's smoking, but it's not getting smaller. And then they look at his white boat shoes or sneakers and there's no mud on them. They're clean and white. So the one dude turns to the other guy to look at him like, uh, uh, you know, pinch me. Is this for real? (laughs) And when they turn back, the guy is gone. I mean, gone. Poof. So they get to talking and they decided to go back down the hill to where they first saw the Bigfoot cross the trail. They remembered exactly where it was because there was a felled tree next to the trail. When they got down there looking for where this thing walked across, there were no footprints. And this was mud. Nothing. And they looked up and down like, are we sure we got the same spot, the right spot? No tracks left by this Bigfoot walking across or apparently walking across a muddy trail in the middle of the woods in western Pennsylvania. That is strange. Now, W.J., in my mind, it could be two things, okay? One, that the Bigfoot can manifest itself to other, you know, and cloak himself to other, you know, to be other things. Like a shapeshift. Yeah, like a shapeshifter. Or that that could have been one of his victims he got in the summertime as a ghost. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But I, I want one know, of his. Man. I want one of his cigarettes because could you imagine? <laughs> could you, having a cigarette that never burns down? I'm sorry. That, I had to run that by you because that I believe that's at the apex of strange stories uh, when it comes to somebody saying they saw a Bigfoot, but uh, they made no claims. They made no claims. You know, we didn't find the tracks. We didn't see the Bigfoot up where we went. We found this guy leaning on a tree. And, you know, if you believe some of that shapeshifter stuff, uh, which, you know, the Native Americans sure believe it. They don't even want to talk about the word. That's how freaked out they are about it. Uh, These things have appeared as their grandmother wearing the 
customary clothing and shoes and hair and jewelry. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. But what a bizarre thing. This guy like a 50s greaser in the middle of this cold, damp, muddy place. uh, And he's got no mud on him. He's just hanging out. Uh, I just thought I'd throw that at you because that was one of the most bizarre things uh, I have ever heard that had anything to do uh, with a Bigfoot creature. I've never heard anything like that before. You know, again, you know, all I could think of it, it it's shape-shifting, you know, into human because evidently it's seen humans before and it maybe can shape-shift. The cigarette yeah. thing, I don't know. That is kind of bizarre. I have to be honest with you. Why not a cigar? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. It depends what you like, you know. I got a couple of cigars sitting in front of me here that I haven't worked on yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, <clears throat> one person was asking me a while ago uh, on another show I was doing an interview on. Uh, he said to me, where's the terror? Like my books, Terror in the Woods. He says, where's the terror? Has anybody ever been hurt? You know, uh, this, that, and the other thing. And we can talk about that in itself for hours. But I have to tell you an account that was handed to me by two fellas uh, out in Washington State. These guys regularly hike together. And I'm talking intense hikes. These guys are like mountain climbers, you know, rock climbers, uh, two-day hikes, backpacks. I mean, these guys are really into it. They have a place uh, called Mount Rose uh, that they go up regularly. They have been up this hike more than probably, uh, I forget exactly, but let's just say a dozen times. And in different seasons, uh, they were able to describe things you would encounter in the summertime, like swarms of yellow jackets at certain elevations and very deep snow at the top, waist deep if you go the wrong time of year or after a certain storm. Now, Mount Rose, when you come in, you're at about 700 feet of elevation. And at the peak, it's about 4,300 feet. And they said that their reason for going there was to get to the top in the middle of the night, lie down on their packs, and look at the night sky. So this was something they did. They liked to stargaze uh, from the top of Mount Rose. Now, they told me that once you were up there, uh, basically you're looking at the Olympics. So Mount Rainier, St. Helens, Mount Adams, and then down below uh, Mount Rose is uh, Cushman Lake. So if you were there like in a full moon or something, this had to be a spectacular location. So anyway, on this particular night, There were two trails. One went up one side, one down the other, one a little bit more difficult than the other. And they were coming back down. Now, as they described it to me, the slopes of Rose uh, were sporadically covered with like pines, different kinds of pines. And the hillside itself, some brush, uh, kind of uh, tan colored soil, but you could see in many locations, pretty far in different areas, even walking in the dark. So if something walked across certain areas, you would see it. So they're coming down early in the morning, like 2, 3 a.m. 
And one of them sees something, hears some rocks falling away and says, I saw something. Well, they keep walking and I saw something again. Next thing you know, up ahead of them, as they round this turn on this tight trail, they see a set of red eyes about nine or ten feet off the trail uh, in height. They stop. One, They're walking in single file, one ahead of the other. They're standing there, and the fella in front... BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Living your best life just got a little easier with Forward. Forward is preventative care without the hassle or the copays. They offer genetic testing, biometric monitoring, and personalized insights that allow you to take a proactive approach to your long-term health using cutting-edge technology to identify and address any issues before they become a problem so you can live your longest, healthiest, best life. Join Forward for just $99 a month at GoForward.com slash Spotify. That's GoForward.com slash Spotify front didn't know that his buddy behind him picked up a rock and he throws this freaking rock at this unknown pair of red eyes and something they haven't identified as of yet and this thing lets out a freaking scream that could tear you to pay off no sooner had that happened the two of them turned to start hightailing it back up the trail. And I think he said like five or ten steps into the run, the guy that threw the rock is now in the lead. His friend is now behind him. He hears his buddy scream at a crash. Oh, wow. He turns around, and now he's looking at what is a Bigfoot. His buddy's on the ground, The Bigfoot is hunched over him, screaming and howling at him laying on the ground. He takes his ski pole. Uh, They had ski poles with like the, the ring pulled off them. They were using his walking sticks when they hike. He takes the ski pole in the spur of the moment and flings it sidearm at this creature He believed he poked it right in the eye. And the thing reached up, stood up, put both of its hands on its face and started screaming and staggering around. They said that the creature lost its footing and slid off the side of the trail, screaming and howling. He ran over to grab his buddy, who was evidently hurt, laying on his back with his backpack on. And started telling him, you got to get up. This thing is going to kill us. So he got him to his feet. And he said that it must have been a pure adrenaline. Because him and his buddy made it all the way back down the mountain. Listening for most of the time to this thing still screaming up on the trail. 
When they got down, it was near daylight, and he took him to an ER uh, to see what was wrong with him, and he had a broken clavicle. Oh, wow. So this thing had grabbed him by the backpack from the rear and body slammed him down to the ground, breaking his clavicle. And uh, they never went back to the trail again after that happened. But could you imagine the sheer terror of encountering something like this and then the consequences from uh, throwing a rock at it? Now, I don't know. I told you about the map I have, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So this military map, uh, over time, uh, I had a confirmation from another guy that he had seen the same map. And then another fella who told me he was sitting in on one of the meetings when the conversation broke open about the Sasquatch on the map. And he said that the officer that was running the uh, the meeting uh, was talking about the Bigfoot, and he said to the GIs, if you ever encounter one of these things, do not uh, act aggressively towards it. Now, you can imagine some GIs sitting around and, and this conversation breaking open and even seeing this map with this thing on it that's not supposed to exist. And one of the guys asked the officer, what do you mean when you say, you know, don't treat it aggressively? And he said to them that some others have and it didn't end well for them. Well, see, I'll be honest with you, WJ. You know, a lot of people, you know, when I talked about my encounter. Right. And the Canadian Rockies say, "Uh uh-huh, well, they give off orbs. They're lovable. It was just trying to scare you. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been in many combat situations in my early life. And I I know when I, 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 if I would have stood my ground, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I mean, it let us go. But if we would have not got out as fast as we did, or if we had any problems like tripped or fall, I think then I wouldn't have been here. I, I, I really don't, you know, again, you know, maybe it has a lot to do with the different areas. Maybe some areas, these creatures or humanoids or whatever you want to call them are more used to humans. But in some areas, they might have never seen a human before and they would right. take it as a threat. Yep. And, yep. and you're, that guy it got thrown down on the ground. If, if if he would have uh, not did what he did and, and spear the uh, the creature in the eye, it's a good chance if he they would have not got up or if he wouldn't have got up, he would have been gone and they would never yeah. found his parts. Yeah. Now this thing obviously was trying to head them off because it was moving along the slope to their side and then made its way up to the trail facing them. Like, now where are you going to go? So the intent to me was there all along for something bad to go down. But when that guy threw the rock at it, not even knowing what it was, that that sealed the deal. So, you know, that's the only reason I took you back to that military base where the guy said it didn't end well for them. Uh, Because they must have fired a shot or screamed at it or something, you know, and this thing, uh, 
the guy didn't get into it, and the officer didn't tell him what not ending well meant. So we don't know if guys got killed, hurt. You know, we don't know what happened. But I thought that was worth uh, bringing up because it's just, uh, it, it, you know, I've always said if you meet Bigfoot and get away, you've had a good day. I think so. I mean, how many times, though, WJ, do you hear of people it, it do the opposite? They've never seen a Bigfoot in their life. They go right. to these Bigfoot, you know, conventions, you know, they buy Bigfoot books, but they have never saw one. But now they're an expert. You know, they, they give off orbs they and love and they're loving creatures and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that uh, part really still amazes me that people think that way. Uh, it's just stu stupidity to me. I mean, you know. Uh, there's nothing about one of these creatures that tells me I want to get up close and personal with it. You know, no different than a bear or anything else. You see it, walk away. Do so swiftly and as quietly uh, as possible and hope for the best. You know, because it's just... Uh... Now, then we go to the flip side. Now, I have this fellow who calls himself a Sanger. Have you ever heard that term, Sanger? No. Okay, so he digs for... Ginsang or ginseng. Have you heard of that, ginseng? Uh, oh, yes. Okay, so he lives in West Virginia, and him and some other guys uh, spend a fair amount of time in the woods digging for this and hunting down this uh, ginseng or ginseng. Apparently, it's worth a, a good dollar uh, if you go through the trouble and know what you're looking for and, and don't get shot by somebody encroaching on their property, you know? So according to him, there's a lot of guys that do this, and it's a fairly uh, risky business. I mean, guys get their cars set on fire uh, by competitors who know it's them digging in their territory and whatnot. At any rate, he's down there digging for ginseng uh, in West Virginia, getting late in the day. He's got a, a little cache of product. He's making his way out. And he hears something as he's approaching this hollow. And a hollow uh, is nothing more than like a little ravine or a dip between two hills and whatnot. He gets up to the edge looking down into this hollow and he sees two Bigfoot, uh, a larger one and a smaller one. Now, they're both crouched down and... The one which is an adult seems to be watching the little one or maybe instructing it uh, how to do something. And he said that the little one was digging in the ground with its two hands like a crazed dog. You know, like a dog digging for a bone or something like that. Just yeah. like scraping and scratching and clawing with its two uh, hands while the other one is crouched down like watching it. Thankfully, neither one of them. Uh, had was facing him when he came up to them he had a rear view of both that was all he observed he backed out and got out of there as fast as he could but he said i knew what i was looking at and the thought came to his mind that he was in there digging uh ginseng and he wondered if they were digging for ginseng they were digging for something uh, he said that the ginseng has a very potent smelling root. And, uh, you know, if you know what you're looking at, uh, uh, when you dig it up, it's like sassafras or something like that. Well, when you smell it, it's like, wow. Uh, 
And it's worth a lot of money, too, by the way. Well, that's what he says. That's why uh, that's why the trouble of and the co- uh, the competition between other guys down there, like stay out of my property. You know what I mean? On my territory, you know. So he said it's a pretty dicey business down there. This ginseng business. People fire shots at people and uh, damage their vehicles when they see them parked along the side of the road. You come back and your tires are flat. You know, it's 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 a cutthroat business, according to him. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I want to jump in here. In Oregon, for example, uh, there's a big area where they go out and look for mushrooms. Uh-huh. And people vanish uh, every year. There's a certain amount of people that are mushroom, you know, gathers that and they know the area. That because they've been doing it for years, they just vanish, and sometimes they find their bag. Sometimes they find, you know, parts of you know what their clothing and stuff like that. But something happened to them. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just wondering too if they had an encounter of one of these creatures. Well, you know, uh, yeah. What else would do that? You know, if somebody just was going to shoot a competitor because they were a murderer. Uh, I don't think you go to the trouble of stripping their body down and leaving their clothes laying around. It's kind of weird, you know? Well, you know, let's face it. You know, some people say, oh, it's bears doing it. But, you know, bears will literally, they're, they're going to tear you up. Yeah. That's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to they're gonna kill you. They're going to tear you up. They're going to drag you away if, or they're going to drag, eat you right there on the spot. Right. And and that happens with a lot of people that get attacked by bears. So the bears sit there and just chomp away to their full, and then they take off. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, and your clothes, your clothes are going to show the evidence of that having happened. Oh yeah, they're going to be shredded. Yeah, they'll be shredded and soaked in blood, and you know that'll be the end of that. Uh, you know, there used to be. Uh, I don't know if it still goes on over there. There was a place in Northern California they used to call Murder Mountain. And uh, this was where a lot of people were growing reefer. Marijuana, uh, guys. Marijuana. Marijuana. Yeah. And apparently, uh, back in the day, like I say, I don't know anything about the area. I I heard it from somebody who lives up in uh, uh, British Columbia. Okay. What we need to do is hold that for when we come back from break, because I want to know about it. Okay, very good. Uh, Okay, we'll be back with WJ in about four and a half minutes, so go get yourself something nice and warm to drink. Put that nice fire log in the fireplace. Prop up your feet on that easy chair and relax, because I'll tell you what, it's going to get more interesting. We'll be right back, so stay tuned.
Manifesting, Using Thought Forms to Visualize Real Change, is a new book by Von Brashler. Von has appeared on Night Dreams with Gary to discuss his book, Time Shifts. His new book, Manifesting, is a practical look at developing human consciousness with focused intent to accurately project thought power with impact. It's based on ancient wisdom tradition in Raja Yoga, with the magic of advanced consciousness yoga, with exercises extracted from ancient sutras. Like Time Shifts, Manifesting is now available in bookstores or online at Amazon or the Barnes & Noble website. A companion book to Manifesting is a February 2021 release titled Mysterious Messages from Beyond. It examines thought forms that we receive from unseen messengers, from ghosts to distant friends to spirit guides. Read Manifesting, Messages from Beyond, and Time Shifts by Von Brashler. Did you know Bigfoot, yeah, Bigfoot, is very much alive and well? That's what W.J. Sheehan reveals in his great nine-book series, Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods, Sightings and Encounters. His book covers hundreds of Bigfoot accounts from his global archives. The series is available on Amazon in paperback and e-books. Also, the audiobooks are available on Audible and Amazon. You know, Bigfoot is out there. Also, join W.J. Sheehan on his weekly Bigfoot, Terror in the Woods podcast, available on most apps. Did you know Night Dreams Talk Radio now has a great store? And now's the time to get that Night Dreamer, that cool Night Dreams tea, or Bigfoot mug. Night Dream Store has lots of awesome items to pick from, all for the Night Dreamer. For details, check out our show's website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. You're listening to my husband, Gary Anderson, on Night Dreams Talk Radio. Do you remember how great paranormal talk radio was in the 80s and 90s? Night Dreams Talk Radio brings back to you talk radio like you remember. With your host, Gary Anderson. Broadcasting to you live from his secret compound deep in the great Northwest. Now, here's Gary. And here I am. Well, I'll tell you, if you don't give us a thumbs up tonight on YouTube, I'm going to send Guito to come over to your place and make sure your thumbs are up. Well, anyway, <laughs> W.J., I, again, you know, it, it, it amazes me how many people go missing out in the woods. And it's a lot more than people realize. And, yeah, maybe people are having heart attacks out there. Maybe they run across bears and, and mountain lions and cougars and fall off a cliff and all that stuff. But there's a certain amount of people that just vanish. And I, I keep thinking about the medicine woman with the Muckleshoot tribe when I talked to her back a few years ago or more than that now that you know when she was talking about bigfoot we had a conversation about it and she would say that you know that even with their own tribe that these creatures humanoids would come running through the village and snag babies and the women or they would be down at the river washing their clothing and again a bunch of bigfoot would come through and you know pick up these people and then the tribe would go out looking for them and they knew roughly where they're at 
they would find the remains, like bones of their loved ones. So it tells me that they evidently are cannibals, too. Well, a cannibal would only be a human eating a human. So if they're an animal, which I believe they are, they're just they're just taking advantage of free a free meal. Yeah. A, a human is a lot easier to grab than an elk. Well, an elk can outrun a human, so yeah, I guess we're not that fast running. That I mean, like that time I was chased. Honestly, if it wanted to get me or get me, it it could have just snagged me like that. Yeah, because this thing was able to run way faster than I was. Absolutely, you know, there's 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 no doubt about it, and it's just foolishness, to uh, in my opinion, uh, to think that you're going to toy with these things or want to get up close with them. Uh, I don't understand that. I think there's something mentally wrong with people who do that kind of thing. But there's plenty of people who do, and don't tell them that. They'll tell you you're out of your mind. Oh, yeah, I know. The, the same people that tell me they give off orbs. No offense. Maybe they do get off, you know, getting orbs from them. But what really, and I mentioned this last time we talked, what shocks me is when I talk to these people, mm-hmm. and I've talked to quite a few of them, they don't, they go out deep in the woods. They don't carry any weapons with them, or in one case, one Bigfoot hunter. Oh, I carry a jack uh, jackknife with a mm-hmm. three-inch blade. Like, wow, what's that going to protect you from? Not much. Nothing. Yeah, if you're lucky, you get one or two stabs off, and you're done anyway. You know, I mean, you're not going to. Something that size is not going to be affected by a couple of stabs of a, a three-inch lock blade or something, you know. Well, I, I've told this story numerous times. My dad's brother... Mount Shasta when I was a kid. Now I'm 70. So, I mean, things have changed because people say, oh, there's no bears on Mount Shasta anymore. Well, back when I was a young kid, there were. And he mm-hmm. would go uh, bear hunting with his oldest son. And he saw this big bear. He shot at it. He thought he had to kill shot. Well, he didn't. The bear decided to come charging. He hit, hit it a second time. And he didn't have the chance to hit it a third time. He was right. in the hospital for a month. They they thought he was going to die, and he yep. was scarred for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a bear, too, you know. Uh, you know, and while we're up in that area, I was talking about uh, Washington uh, and uh, Mount Rose. I had a father and son duo that were trolling in their boat. Uh, along Vancouver Island. And uh, they told me that, you know, depending on the tides, occasionally you'll get a little like a sandbar action at low water uh, at certain points. And uh, they had said that they had seen in their lifetime bears digging for clams. So, and my brother confirmed that to me because when he was up in Alaska, he saw bears digging for clams when they were salmon fishing. So they're trolling along Vancouver Island, uh, probably just at a couple of knots with the lines out behind the boat. And they're coming up quietly and slowly and up ahead of them, they see what they believe is a bear. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. This year... 
Prime members are getting holiday deals before anyone else. On October 11th and 12th, if you're a Prime member, you'll get access to the Prime Early Access Sale, which makes you kind of a big deal. You can get all your holiday shopping done extra early or, you know, buy a little something for yourself. Shop the Prime Early Access Sale on October 11th and 12th at Amazon.com slash Early Access. Uh, standing on this low water area, this bar, and the bar was like all torn up. So this thing had been at work. And the father says to the son, hey, check that out. It's a bear digging clams over there. <laughs> Well, as they start to get closer, again, they're approaching this thing from the rear. So it's not he- it hasn't heard them or seen them yet. They got within about 75 yards, and this thing snaps up to its feet and twists around in like a blink of an eye, now standing on two legs and facing them with its arms out to the side. Now... He told me that it looked like a wrestler, like, you know, somebody sizing up their opponent out in the mat, you know, that Greco-Roman thing, you know. And in about two seconds flat after it flipped around and saw them, it took several bounds off of the bar into Vancouver Island into the woods. They got a little bit closer uh, staying off the bar, you know, in the water, in the safety of the boat, just to see if they could see anything. They saw the bar all torn up, which they had already known. They saw some prints from where this thing ran away. Again, they're not standing on top of it. They're off the bar in the water. They estimated the leaps between the footprints at about 10 or 12 feet. So this thing was was really able to, you know, get out of Dodge and cover some ground quick. But the interesting thing was that they described it as being uh, thin, uh, muscular, and kind of lanky. And he said it reminded him of like a linebacker in the NFL. Now, the interesting thing is that I had a couple who ran across a Bigfoot digging in a small river, creek, whatever you want to call it, up in Canada, basically the same thing happened to them. The The water was trickling. Uh, they weren't heard approaching. The wife saw this creature first. It also jumped up and turned to see them and jumped immediately into the woods and ran away. She described it as the creature in the Dyatlov Pass photograph. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but the Russian students that got messed up up there in Russia uh, in the early 60s or late 50s, uh, they had gotten that one snapshot. Now, some people said it was one of them. I never thought it was one of them, no matter how many times I see it. Uh, To me, it looked like a a thin, muscular, hair-covered Yeti. And... uh, this is what they described, and this is exactly what the woman and husband described up in uh, Canada. Well, I'm going to jump in here. James, who was the guy we had who wrote the book on that? Oh, that was Keith McCloskey. Yeah. You know, even when he went back there, he went there to, you know, to write the book. He went where, up to that pass where okay. those people perished. Right. And they had a hike in for miles and miles in a couple of days 
Yeah. And they, he heard some strange sounds out there that, you know, weren't like animal sounds. Yeah. Yeah. And what are they? <laughs> well, put it, whatever happened to those people, it scared them so much. They were in their tents at night yeah. in various states of dress. And they ran out there half naked without shoes in the temperature. They knew they would die. Right. And whatever it was, it terrified them so much. And what could it be? I would think it would be the Yeti. Yeah. Well, and they also cut their way out of the tent from the inside out. Yeah, they wanted to get out of there as fast as they could. That's right. So something was coming in, and the only way out was to slit the side open and run for your life. Could you imagine? Yeah, I- could you imagine yeah. running out there knowing that you're going to die no matter what? But you know what? That fear is driving you. You have to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, you're not thinking right, obviously, in that moment. It's just out and out terror. And uh, by the time you realize what happened, you're, you're as good as dead anyway. So what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> it's like swimming away from a white shark that's bearing down on you and you're 100 yards from shore. You know, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to stop and punch it in the nose. That's what I'm going to yeah, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, you might have a chance, but who knows, you know. Uh, it's just as frightening as frightening can be. And, you know, uh, evidentially, this is a really interesting uh, thing. You know, we were talking about before finding the deer up in Maine with uh, a, a piece of a limb snapped off and a, uh, a segment of the antler. This couple in uh, Pennsylvania, the woman screamed one night while her husband was in the living room. He jumps up, runs into the kitchen like, what the heck is going on here? She said she saw a monster looking through the window. So he runs and grabs a sword off of the wall and, you know, opens the door and looks out like, you know, just trying to be defensive or offensive, depending how you look at it. He didn't see anything. Of course, he believed his wife. They probably had some kind of conversation about what you see what it looked like blah 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 but she said it looked like a freaking monster so they called the cops cops come over typical report nothing around nothing seen you know if you see anything again you know give us a call so this guy takes the initiative and he takes a trail camera he buys a trail camera and mounts it to the elbow attached to the rain gutter Uh, running off the corner of the deck behind their kitchen. He said that he secured it, like, really well. And he said, well, you know what? I'm going to leave this thing up here, and if something shows up on my deck, maybe I'll catch it. Well, some time went by, and he went out there one day, and the uh, trail camera and its attachments were gone. Now, he had to use a, you know, a little folding stepladder to attach this thing up on the gutter elbow. And this thing was gone. It was nowhere around the yard. The stuff that he used to lash it onto there, nothing was around to be seen. Some time went by. I think it was a couple of months. Uh, I think they were in January. And he goes out on the deck one day, and they had had frost on the overnight 
And on the deck, coming up the stairs, skipping a couple of stairs, and then across the deck on the wood, giant human-like footprints in the frost. Coming up, going across one side of the deck, and then going off the deck. Now, I thought that was real interesting as well. The lady, having seen what she described as a monster, she didn't say it was a Bigfoot. She screamed. She said she saw a monster looking in the window. Then the missing camera that's held up at a fairly good height, he needed to get up on a ladder to affix it. And then these footprints in the frost on the deck. I mean, what do you make of that? That's kind of unusual. Well, it maybe it has been around enough humans and, and watched humans and spied on humans, you know, like, sure. and, and figured, well, you know, I'm just going to take the evidence knowing that this, maybe not knowing it's a camera, but maybe it's, it captures their spirit or something like that and, and, and yanks it and takes off with it. But can you imagine, though, you're looking out your window? I don't care if it's a woman, man, or a child, and you saw something as hideous as the face of a Bigfoot. The first thought you're going to be in your mind, it's a monster. And yeah, well, it, was, it would definitely stagger you. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I pee myself if, right there on the spot. Yeah, I mean, if I saw something like that, I would definitely take a couple of steps in reverse while I was trying to, you know, control my emotions or whatever. I mean, that would because my next thought would be, is it coming through? My you next know, if, thought is I wouldn't want to live there anymore. That's been my yeah. thought. Yeah, well, that's happened. Uh, you know, if we're ever together again, uh, I'll tell you some stories about some people who have sold homes uh, that have encountered creatures on their property. Uh, and these were like their dream homes or places they'd love to live. They had no intention of moving. And uh, when they encountered this thing, they said, we're out of here, man. I, I'm not, uh, I can't live here uh, knowing that potentially I might see this thing again. And, uh, you know, they just get up and go, you know, uh, which to me is a smart move, you know. <laughs> well, I like, I wouldn't want to run across one, you know, in my backyard out in the middle of the woods. A friend of mine, uh, Tom, just brought, bought a, ca a cabin up in the mountains, secluded a couple miles away from anybody else. Yeah, And the first thing in my mind, you know, he's in Washington State, you yeah. know, besides worrying about bears, cougars, mountain lions, and raccoons actually can be aggressive, too. Yeah. I'd be terrified about Bigfoot. Yeah, uh, not me, man. Gary, that, that would not happen to me. You know, I would not, you know, uh, it's, it's madness to me. You know, I understand that in the early days of this nation. You know, that's the way it was. People were going out. There weren't many people around. And uh, this is how it all began. And probably people back then fell prey or victim uh, to a variety of different creatures, including a Bigfoot. Uh, but just to do that in this day and age, nah, nah, yeah. Uh, that's... But look, we're not them, right? Obviously, their their brain is working on a different wavelength than ours is to make that decision, you know? 
Well, let's put it this way. They, they're they not going to think like a human thinks. They're going to think like an animal thinks or an ape or whatever it is. They're not going to, they weren't brought up watching Dr. Welby, you know, they, 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 yeah. they, they, they weren't brought up with a family with love going to church and going for rides and going out to, you know, socializing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I had a school bus driver, uh, she was parked in her bus, full-size school bus, uh, parked in her bus at 6.45 in the area uh, uh, in the morning, 6.45 in the morning, uh, in, in an area where she would set up on a side road, letting the bus warm up, drinking her coffee, and waiting to begin her run picking up some kids. So she's sitting on the side of this road uh, next to just some you know, run-of-the-mill woods, in the area and she feels the bus start to rock she looks down the aisle and off the side and she sees the body but not the head of something standing next to a bus on the side that it's being rocked <laughs> so she freaks out puts the truck in, uh, the truck the bus in gear and starts to go well now this thing goes to the rear of the bus and pounds on it a couple of times. She accelerates as best as she can out of this. She's in a bus. It's not a freaking Lamborghini. And the incident ends. Well, when she gets back, there's damage. There was damage to the side of the bus above the windows. And there was damage to the rear of the bus, to the door and alongside of the door. So, in honesty, she tells what happened, and she lost her job. The supervisor or whatever at the bus company thought that she had done something stupid backing into some trees or running into some low-hanging branches on the side and fired her. And she said that this is, this is not what happened at all. What happened is what I told you and what she told me. So that's another bizarre instance of these creatures for some reason wanting to just get up close and personal at cer certain points in time and doing weird things. Uh, I mean, I told you about the guy who had the meat freezer full of venison. And uh, he had something that was tampering with it, so he put carriage bolts going through into the meat freezer, floor freezer, a master lock in this big, nasty old galvanized hinge, and something tore the hinge and the bolts and everything right out of this monstrous frigid air floor freezer. So what, you know, you talk about strength and power, size, like I was talking about this footprint, the, the, the type of body that this foot was created to support has to just be massive and powerful. I got to ask you a question too, but that footprint, can you determine roughly what the weight would be? Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I'm looking, I'm looking at it thinking I had said to James, I mean, I'm on a diet. I'm 220. Uh, I have a size 12 double E my size 12 double E foot is maybe 30% of the uh, total coverage of this foot. It would probably take three of my feet, you know, 
moved around in various ways to get the same coverage as this cast. And so I'm thinking, well, I mean, if you just said kind of oddly, you know, well, I'm two and a quarter, uh, two twenty, and uh, so if this if this thing if this thing's foot was three of mine, let's just say this thing weighed six sixty or seven or eight hundred pounds, you know, you're talking a freaking tremendous creature. Uh, that's not obese. You know what I mean? This is just a big, nasty critter uh, that needs this type of uh, footprint under it for support and stabilization, you know? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you know, think of it. You know, I mean, I've had people describe these things as 2,000 pounds, 1,500 pounds, 1,000 pounds. And I have always said, uh, particularly on the podcast, that, I think people are trying to justify something they really have no idea about. Like you're seeing something and you're just trying to throw a label at it. Like how big was it? 10 feet tall, 12 feet tall. Well, WJ, you got to realize when people see something like this, okay, your brain doesn't digest it right away. You're in shock. Yeah. And, and, and then, you know, then you people have a tendency to exaggerate but when you're in shock and you see something like this you know it's really how how do you put how much it weighs and exactly how tall it is you know, how many people have a you know tape ruler with them and a, a weight scale i mean these things are big yeah you know like the one i saw was at least i would say about eight feet tall that's a huge creature yeah well certainly you know it could play basketball pretty good i guess yeah well you know i gotta ask you a question our time is almost up how can we prove that these things really exist people can come forward and say i seen it but that's not enough proof we need proof that one of these exists how can we get that proof well i don't know I, i i stand my ground on carl sagan saying that extra extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof I think what we have to date is proof enough for me. I don't need any scientists to proclaim that they're real. And the other thing is, you know, uh, absence of evidence, depending on what evidence you're looking for, is not the evidence of absence. So I have this cast from reliable people sitting next to me here. That is evidence to me. That is proof that something left that print. Uh, so when you want evidence, uh, there are sightings. I've seen pretty good footage that I think is real. I think the Patty film is completely legit from square one. Oh, you can see the muscles move, undoubtedly. Yeah. And yeah. Back I mean, in that so, time frame, they couldn't have faked that. Yeah, so it's just I'm through with the argument. I don't even hear the argument about where's the evidence. Uh, I think the threshold for evidence was crossed a long time ago. So, you know, I can't really answer that question other than saying what I've said, that uh, I think the creature is real. I think it's been proven real. It's just a question of, uh, you know, whatever powers may be saying, yeah, it is real, you know, which I don't really need that. I I don't really need it. Uh, I think it's real without them giving me the okay for saying that. Well, I I will say this because our time is up. It is real. 
Yeah, I, you, people can doubt what I say, but I know it. My, me and my friend, who's a medical doctor, what we ran into, it was yeah. real. It wasn't a yeah. figment of my imagination, and certainly <laughs> the damage it did to my wife's car, it was not my figment of my imagination. And no, yeah. I didn't run into tree branches. Yeah. I, I, how can they find your podcast, my friend? Well, it's Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, W.J. Sheehan. Uh, it's available all over the place. I mean, if you have an iPhone or anything, you just type that in, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods, W.J. Sheehan, and you're going to get where you need to be. And it's what, once a week? Yeah, my brother and I uh, get together for this podcast once a week. We typically download it on the weekend. Uh, my brother and I live 600 miles apart, and we lead two vastly different lives. And uh, he knew that I had written uh, all of these books on Bigfoot and was still writing. And uh, we got together one day and decided to put this together. So we have a segment called Cryptids in the News and Other Oddities, where we talk about all kinds of strange things. And then I usually get into a a Bigfoot encounter. uh, And uh, we've been doing well. And then, of course, my books are available at Amazon and uh, in paperback and ebook, there's uh, nine volumes of Bigfoot Terror in the Woods sightings and encounters. And then on Audible, uh, iTunes and Amazon, if you're in an audio file, uh, I currently have eight recorded in audiobook form. So, you know, go out there, folks, grab a couple of copies, give them away as a gift, read them for yourself, listen to them while you're jogging. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.